Insight AM 640. Handle here. Today is Law Day at the Bowers Museum, 9 to 2 o'clock. Come on down. Hope to see you here. All right. Now, this is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Okay, Mississippi. And this is where I'm not really familiar, having never lived in Mississippi and not practiced, but I think as a general rule, this is going to fly. Art Kelly, who is uh, the singer, has been sued by a guy in Mississippi who claims that the singer carried on a five-year affair with uh, his wife. And this is a lawsuit. Uh, Kenny Bryant, who happens to be, by the way, a uh, sheriff, uh, Kenny Bryant alleged that his wife, Asia Childress, rekindled a sexual relationship with the singer R. Kelly after attending one of his concerts. Uh, Brian claimed that Kelly and Childress had previously been in a relationship, but she told him that it ended just before they got married. So, uh, according to uh, Brian, the husband, uh, Kelly gave his wife, Childress, chlamydia. Okay? He didn't allege that he got chlamydia. It's his wife that got chlamydia, so he can't sue on behalf of his wife. But that's uh, one small point of this. He also claimed uh, that his wife and Kelly communicated communicated frequently over the text message and would meet up in person in Tennessee and Georgia, North Carolina. And eventually, she convinced him to move to Atlanta for, quote, her career. But the ulterior motive was to foster her adulterous relationship with R. Kelly. And the move was financially ruinous for Bryant. And uh, he said that she filed for divorce in order to continue the affair. He wants compensatory punitive damages, hopes to punish R. Kelly, make an example of him to others and deter him and similarly situated defendants from engaging in the adulterous conduct in the future in the service of public interest. He's doing this on behalf of the public. Okay. Now. Uh, let's start talking about sexual relations and adultery. Now, I'm assuming Mississippi is much like virtually every other state, and that is uh, if you're an adult, you can screw anybody you want. Married, non-married, doesn't really matter. There are a few limitations. Incest, for example, is one. Uh, bestiality in Mississippi may or may not be. I have no idea. Uh, you know what? Uh, what they how they teach the kids uh, sex education? Maybe it's going to the dairy farm. I, I have absolutely no idea. But as far as stooping someone, I don't think so. And his lawsuit against R. Kelly saying you caused my divorce because you were screwing my wife? Uh, no, no, that doesn't fly. And so, as far as uh, I understand, uh, he's got no place to go. But. You know, I appreciate that he is suing uh, R. Kelly in the service of the public interest and not himself. All right, let's take some phone calls. Jim. Hello, Jim. Yes, yeah, I have a question regarding a trust I'm involved in. Yes. Uh, I'm a beneficiary. There's, um, there's eight beneficiaries, and the trustee has distributed the bulk of the money, but he's holding 130000 until everybody signs off and says they agree with the accounting and okay. they're not going to sue him. All right. Is, is, that, um, is that legal? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, God, okay. yeah. That's exactly what a trustee should do. All right. 
And then um, what if everybody doesn't sign off? Because I got a feeling at least two aren't going to sign off. Then what happens is reason. then what happens is he holds the money. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he distributes to everybody else, and he takes a chance, or he interpleads the money. He simply goes into court and said, here, uh, I can't deal with this, or he asks for, and I, I'm not a big uh, a trustee expert on this, okay. uh, He can, and, or he can say, I'm waiting, and you're not getting any money, uh, and I'm waiting okay. until it finishes up, until it finishes up. Uh, and uh, th- then he starts playing chicken. Because uh, yeah. if two people don't, let's say they don't sign. How many? There's eight, and he's got $130,000, so you got, yeah. what, $15,000, $18,000 yeah. per person. Mm-hmm. So are those yeah. two people that won't sign off prepared never to get $18,000? Uh, probably. And then you sue them. And then and then you sue them and say it's your fault. Or you, okay. sue, the, or you sue the trustee with his permission, and he turns around and... Uh, counter-sues against them because they're the ones that aren't willing to sign off. But he, he, what he is doing is, I think, legitimate because he's protecting his ass. Okay. Yeah. But he... All right. You got to do it. But he, I, I, that's it. I'm done. I'm already bored with it. Hi, Shannon. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Oh, hi. Okay. Hi. So, um, I, but I was working for a company and, um, basically I'm wondering about wage dispute and, um, what the statute is. They paid me out uh, about $6,800 in commission, and it posted to my account. I was told arbitrarily that that commission was not due to me because I didn't make a phone call. All right, but they, but wait a second. But they paid it, and now they want yep. it back? They took it back. Oh, out of which? So, it, out oh, of my it, was, it was your account with them? No. Oh, I see, because you gave them. Wait a second. Had you already left the company? No, I was still Oh, you're still with the company. company. All right, are you still yep. with the company? No, not currently. Oh, good. This is part of the reason. How long ago did this happen? Well, we're coming up on a two-year. Yeah, I think uh, you're still okay. I still think you're okay. okay. Why haven't you filed with uh, the state? Well, because I didn't really know what I was doing. Okay, clearly. Uh, I think you're okay on the statute, I think. Uh, But you get to find out. So what you get to do, and you're in California, correct? I'm in California. Okay, so... Somebody's headquartered in New York. It doesn't matter. You're in California because they paid you in California... And uh, I think the dispute here uh, is in California. And so you go to uh, the state and that's the oh, my God, I forgot the name of it. It's yeah, Department of Industrial Relations and they have a wage enforcement division. OK. And uh, were you a uh, commission salesperson? Salary plus commission. Good, You're OK. Then you're an employee. So that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, and then just go for it. Go for the sixty eight hundred dollars and there's going to be a hearing. They're going to right. a, they're going to ask for uh, their side, your side. They paid you, and then they took it back, and so uh, it's and it just and, you, you just sit that, down you sit down in front of an administrative law judge. That's it. Okay, and that happened twice, but um, you know, and I have the, the, the how much do they owe you, Shannon? What's the entire amount they owe you? Eleven thousand two hundred. Then that's what you are going for. Got it. All right, that is that simple. This is Handle on the Law.
Handle here on a Saturday, and welcome back to Handle on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Hello, Nathan. Yes, 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 go ahead. Hi, my question is an employment question. My, I have two parts. The first part is that my employee used innocently, she made a mistake, and I know it wasn't malicious, but she used the wrong button on our time on our time clock and clocked out using a paid break button instead of an unpaid break button. And I've discovered that and and mentioned it to her and want to know, am I legally allowed to have her pay me back? Oh, yes. If she made a mistake okay. or she got too much money, of course. She owes okay. you the money, Just be, especially since it was her mistake. So right. how and much, Nathan, how much money are we talking about? About a thousand. Yeah, you sue her in small claims court for it. Well, she's still an employee, and is it something that... Then you tell... Then it gets real easy, and, and is she willing to pay you back? Um, I was wanting to take it out of future paychecks. Well, she has to me. She has to agree to that, Nathan. Okay, and that and that's what I've talked to her about. Right, she has to agree to it, maybe $200 a month or whatever it's going to be, and uh, I would uh, say, are you really going to do that? And, uh, and also... Uh, I would say if you don't, I'm firing you. Well, she quit. Oh, then you, then you, well, that gets interesting. So now right. all you have is a lawsuit against her, Nathan. Right. And now what she said is that she will work until the 24th. And it doesn't matter. Job. Then fine. Then, but you still have to pay her. You still have to pay her for her work. Anything else has to go to court. Right. And I understand that. But my question is, she's like pissed off at me. Uh, okay. So what's your question? It's- if she is saying, like she said, I will work until the 24th, and I will only do these specific duties okay. within my job. And? And I say, can I say, you know, you're already ticked off. Yeah. I don't want you here. Yeah, you can fire her. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. You can fire her with uh, no notice. You can fire her for any reason other than maybe she's uh, a minority or she's handicapped or whatever uh, she is where she's a protected class. But sure. But you, you can, can fi- you can fire anybody around. anytime you want, Nathan. Right, but can she then turn around and file for unemployment? Sure, I'm sending her. And yeah, of course. And you and you and you, what you do is you. Well, she's going to get unemployment because it's uh, not for cause. Uh, she made a mistake. Uh, you can argue. I, here's what I would do: is uh, you really want to make her life miserable? Is you get the unemployment uh, documents from the state, and you say you fired her for cause. And if that's upheld, she gets no unemployment. Get all the rules and find out. You can make her life pretty miserable, especially if someone has mistakenly taken money and won't pay it back. I'd go nuts. The only thing you can't do is take it out of her paycheck. You have to pay her and then go crazy. But let her deal with uh, unemployment. What is it, 26 weeks or something of pay? And just say, really? You going to take a chance on that one? Julie. Hi, Julie. Welcome. Hi. Yes. My name is Julie, and I'm calling from Sun Valley. Oh, boy. I have a little question for you. Yes. <laughs> um, I go to this junkyard where you pick your own parts uh, for mechanical services, and I went there, and this guy told me, you're not allowed on the premises. You're trespassing. And he kept repeating it over and over again, and I'm like, how am I trespassing? I'm, You know, I'm a disabled person, but I do do work. And he said, you're trespassing, get off my property. 
And I don't understand why I've called their company. I've tried to speak with somebody. I get nowhere. They just tell me, call back, call back. We'll let you know. And I feel this is really ridiculous because how am I getting kicked off without a reason? Because they can kick you off without a reason. It's their property. It's their property? Yeah, yep. If it's private property, Julie, uh, a private property owner can say, you know what? I don't want you here. But there's nothing posted. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be it posted. No, he says get out. Oh, I, I don't. Okay. I don't want you here. Maybe, I just can't figure out why. Maybe because he thinks. Maybe because he thinks you're you're crazy, Julie. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't mean, either. But he has the. But anybody. but Julie has the right to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know. Yeah. No, so you're I, out. You're out of luck. Uh, and what she, I guess what she collects parts, and I should have kept on her on the uh, on the phone. I have no idea. She sounded a little crazy, didn't she? Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Couldn't tell. If she had crossed that line, she's pretty close. This is Handle on the Law. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel, this is Handel on the Law. Hello, Mark. Welcome to Handel on the Law. If I was found innocent to the Innocence Project and have been incarcerated for approximately 18 years, how can I reapply for Social Security for those missing 18 years? Uh, you just reapply. And you're probably going to ask for a hearing. And you're no doubt going to get it. But here, but here's the problem. But you didn't put into the uh, Social Security system for those 18 years. So you're in prison. You can't. You no, know, I understand. But the question is uh, that how much do they credit you with earning for those 18 years that go into the Social Security system? Oh, well, you have to put it in. So I have no idea of knowing. No, no. And either do they because it's predicated on how much money you put in and how much money you earn. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, Mark. And that is, uh, if you are earning, if you can prove you'd be earning X number of dollars, and then therefore the Social Security would go in, but uh, you you sort of can't. What what? Well, the hearing officer may very well say, "Well, here's what you're earning. What were you earning prior to being incarcerated?" Approximately sixty-two thousand eight hundred a year. Okay, if you can prove that, then I would argue that that is what you should get. So the first thing you do is apply. Uh, for Social Security. Just straight out of How old are you? I just turned 62. That was the reason for my call. Got it. So you are eligible. So you apply and you put the 18% and they're going to, or the 18 years, they're going to say absolutely not. And then you ask for an appeal. You're entitled to an appeal. Then you start going up and you don't even have to, you didn't even a lawyer on this one. You do it on your own because here it is. Here are the facts. Uh, what did they nail you on that uh, the Innocent Project uh, got you out of? It was actually nothing to do with DNA, but it had to do with a form of embezzlement in the company I work for, which was then found to be untrue through certain things to do with the union. Wow. And so you were accused of embezzling how much money? Approximately 580000 And you didn't do it at all? No, it was actually part of the union, and I got involved in the union, and I got involved with some other people, and then they found out that some of the underlings had nothing to do with it. After 18 years? Yeah, it took that long. Wow. So what was it like in prison knowing you were totally innocent? How difficult? Uh, 
Well, the only thing you can do is talk to others that feel the same way, and that's just about every one of them. Yeah, I know everybody's innocent in prison. Did you think you were going to get out? I had I had very, very uh, good people helping me on the outside. But since there were people that were ahead of me for more serious crimes, they were the ones that got the priority. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah usually uh, for rape or uh, murder. You know, murder or whatever. Uh, but, Child molestation. Things. Yeah, crazy. So, how dangerous was it for you in prison? By the way, were you hurt? Uh, did you have to? No, oh. no, I didn't. I didn't get hurt because I kept my nose clean. And the best thing to do to everybody is say, "You need a cigarette." Somehow, you got to get them one, and that's all it needs. Got it. All right, Mark. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. Take, okay. All right. Yeah, that's a tough one, especially when you know you didn't do it. Wow. Oh. Yeah. All right, Chris, you're up. Welcome yes. to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you. Um, I got a, a felony conviction seven years ago, and I have a state exam, uh, insurance state exam. Now, if I pass my state exam, how likely am I uh, to get my uh, license issued with a felony conviction? Okay, what is the license you're going for? Uh, it's a property and casualty insurance broker. It's a problem. It's a problem, Chris. Is it? Yep, yep. Uh, felony uh, and what? A felony based on what? Uh, sales, drug sales. Dry, uh, you know what? That may be uh, a different issue uh, because it's that is not one of moral turpitude. That's not one where you've stolen or any of that. That's you know what you might. I, you, which agency are you going for? I am. Uh, it's state of California. Yeah, but what agency? Oh, the real estate oh, uh, agency. You're saying a real estate. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Insurance. Insurance. Call, insurance call, you know what you want to do is call the Department of Insurance and uh, okay. j- just ask someone to look at the rules and regulations in terms of licensing. You can actually pull that right off the Internet where it has to do with licensing and rules and regulations and find out, number one, are felons not uh, not eligible to even get the license? And is there an appeals process? And you've got to do uh, a little bit of work. I Even before I took the test, I would do all that because it's not going to help you if you take the test, you pass the test, and you, right. fi- and you find out you can't do it. It does read that there is an appeals process. Then you go through it. Then you you apply. You'll be turned down. You go through the appeals. Uh, in terms of uh, your conviction, your felony conviction, uh, how, what kind of and how much of the drug did you have on you? Uh, less than an ounce. Oh, and, yeah. uh, okay, that is yeah. less. How do you, excuse me, how do you get convicted of a felony for less than an ounce? Where, are we, unless uh, you're talking cocaine, you're talking about heroin? It was meth, and I got uh, yeah, I meth got will do it. Following me, yeah, yeah, yeah meth. Uh, yeah, less than an ounce of meth is a lot of meth. Yeah, I think in terms of uh, marijuana. So yeah, I got a uh, yeah, some some guy snitch. Yeah, no, I get it. And uh, obviously, you're not doing meth anymore. I'm right. assuming. Yeah, although taking the test, you may want to do a little bit just to make it really fast. <laughs> Except I'm serious. You know, ten minutes, you're done. Wow. Okay. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Yes. I uh, purchased a home warranty for my uh, new home that I purchased a couple years ago. And uh, I had a washing machine that came with my home uh, that was quite old. But when it would run the uh, washing cycle during the spin cycle, it would sound like a jet engine taking off. So I contacted the home warranty, which should cover the washer. And I asked them to come out. They sent somebody and they told me that the bearings were worn. And they left a paper with me saying the bearings are worn, they need to be replaced. 
But when I got contacted by the home warranty company, I was told that the bearings are worn due to overloading. Therefore, that's misuse. Yeah, of my I know. Machine. I know, Jeff. They always do that. Here's the problem with home warranty companies: is there's always an excuse not to repair. I'm surprised they didn't say wear and tear. Just straight out wear yeah. and tear, which is probably exempted. I'm sure it's exempted from the uh, policy. So, I, well, the, and how old is the machine? The machine is probably 15 years old or 12 years old. Jeff, why don't you just buy a new one? Well, do I have any recourse? Probably not. Probably not because they're going to, they're, they're, what are you going to do? You're going to sue them. Uh, How much is the repair going to cost, Jeff? How much realistically is the repair going to cost? Four or 500 bucks, probably. Why, why buy a new one, Jeff? I mean, you're going to go to court. You're going to lose in court. They're going to say, uh, bearings overloaded uh, there and you're going to say no that's not true and it's uh, it, it, the judge may here's the problem if the judge if i were the judge i turn to you and go you know what jeff you lose go get a new one okay all and right that- i mean that's what i would do but uh, then again you can always try because you can play with the courts and just get in front of a judge who may have been pissed off at a uh, washer dryer company for all i know i had a washer brand new washer dryer that uh, we had bought and I, I, I refuse to uh, mention any names because that's not fair, Samsung. And the problem was that in the dryer part, the sheets would all bundle together. And the middle of that bundle, you couldn't get dry. And we got into them forever. And they go, well, there's nothing wrong with the machine. Nothing's broken. That's correct. It's a design defect. Try to talk to a manufacturer of a major appliance, a company that big, and start talking design defect and see how long you can it, it goes. Took us a year. We finally got it. It took us a full year, and it was. Uh, I, I'm I'm even shocked that it uh, that it was. And I think what happened is we uh, threatened to take in the small claims court, and they go, well, you know, people have done it before. And then I said, well, how about we talk about it at eight o'clock in the morning uh, here on uh, KFI where I work, and. You know, did I take advantage of it? Yeah, I, I did. But uh, I think they've redone the uh, the machine since then. But it's almost impossible. Uh, I tell you this all the time when people, uh, when you call up and you're screaming defect. Are you really going to go against a major manufacturer that will spend unlimited amounts of money? One thing we were not going to do, realistically, I wasn't going to sue them. Small claims is one thing. You know, nobody cares. But if you're filing a lawsuit, lawsuit, and here's what they do when they uh, – this is a little trick they do, which is really sweet. And that is as soon as you file in small claims court, they immediately file a motion to kick it up to superior court, which you can do. And now it's lawyers talking. And now they'll start taking depositions, and they're going to paper you to death, and it's almost impossible. Uh, we were very, very lucky. And then we ended up getting uh, an LG machine, which is even worse. Actually, that's not true. We're, we're pretty happy with our machine. Okay. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640. We're stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. Welcome back. And welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, Mary. Hello, Mary. Hi. Yes. What is, what is the formality I should do? 
I gave my divorce attorney $1,000 on June 1st of 2015 to take my ex-husband back to court because he was in violation of uh, spousal support. Not All right, paying so, you, so you gave uh, him, so we're talking, uh, what, uh, two and a half years ago? Do I have that right? Or a year? That's correct. Two and a half That's years correct. ago, you gave your lawyer $1,000 to do legal work in a, a divorce? A year and a half. Okay, a year, year and a half, half ago. Good, I, I'm great with math. And nothing has been done since then? One email that he sent me okay. this past November. That's easy. That's easy. Uh, okay. And nothing's been done. First of all, you asked no. for your. First of all, you asked for your thousand dollars back. That's the first okay. thing. And say, uh, if you don't give me my thousand dollars back, two things are going to happen. Number one, I'm going to sue you in small claims court. Number two, I am going to report you to the state bar for abandoning me as a client. Uh, and you're going to do both. And okay. uh, that's and you let them know and you put it in an email in no uncertain terms. Then okay. you hire another attorney, Mary, like right now. Okay. At some point when your attorney isn't talking to you for a year and a half for a, in the middle of a divorce, there's a problem with that attorney. Okay. Okay. Actually, and this isn't in the middle of the divorce. The divorce is final. So, my, okay. My so, ex-husband is in violation of... All right, but it doesn't matter. I, I okay. don't care. Okay. I don't care. Whatever legal uh, proceedings that you've hired okay. him or her to do, they can't wait a year and a half. Okay. Just okay, okay. That's fine. Just get a new. You can go to handleonthelaw.com, and uh, we have divorce attorneys uh, up the yin yang. I don't even know where the yin yang is. Hey, Austin. Uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Okay, so before you roast me, I'm just going to tell you the offense right off the bat. I got a public urination ticket. Fabulous. That that's a, was... that is a great way to start this conversation. You've already oh, got, yeah. you've it's... already got my attention. Oh, I know. I know how to get it. And okay. uh, so I received an administrative citation for that. But one of my upstanding roommates in another city did the same thing. But his was a criminal citation or a, a misdemeanor or an infraction. I don't remember which. But either way, he was able to go to court and get it lowered. And with an administrative, they don't send me to court. So I'm wondering if there's any way for me to get it lowered. To what? Like get the um, payment lowered. The, oh, how much? How much are they asking for in the terms of the fine? They're asking three fifty. Three hundred fifty dollars. First of all, I don't even know how a you've been peeing in public can be a civil offense. That that's one I don't understand. Uh, so uh, you you can't even get into court on that. I'm assuming. Well, if it's administrative, you have the right to appeal it. And I, so, I did it. I, it happened. I, I can't argue that. No, no, you have a radio. I'm not arguing that. You appeal it anyway, just and get in front of a, an administrative judge to ask for the amount of uh, a fine to be lowered, unless it's statutory, where the administrative judge says, "Hey, that's the law, man. I have, uh, I, I, I have no ability. Uh, I, I don't have the power to lower it or even raise it." So you have to okay. find that out. Uh, which, uh, uh, which city uh, nailed you, or what? Um, is it just the city? Sam- Yes, San Luis Obispo. And it's the city's it's a city administrative citation. Yes. Call the city, call the city attorney. You know, I tried her actually because I uh I've been able in the past to do community service for an administrative citation. What wait, 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 wait. what other administrative citations do you get? Do you make a habit of this? <laughs> Noise violation. We live right next to campus and we're college students and uh the neighborhood doesn't like it that much. Yeah, why? Why? Where were? Where did you end up peeing on? What did you pee on? 
You know, it was actually downtown, and uh, my girlfriend informs me it was uh, on the side of a building in the alley right next to the bar. I gotta say, my memory's quite fuzzy. Wait a sec, did anybody? Wait, 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 did anybody see it? Uh, the officer must have, because I woke up with the citation. You woke up in the alley with a citation? No, no, no. I made it. I made it home. I just didn't fully remember the events. Oh, uh, and where? And the citation was in at your door? No, it was downtown. No, no, the citation itself. How did you find the citation? Where was oh, in, where was in the, my pocket? It was in your pocket. Oh, that's fantastic. And you've already have you already appealed it? Uh, I didn't do the appeal because the appeal I I took to be either to like this appeal to get it to go completely away. Well, how do you? Wait, I, first of all, how do you? If you were so blown away that you could barely make it home, you don't remember any of it. How do you even remember that it happened? All because of the citation. Yeah, no, wait, wait, wait. So, Austin, just because somebody writes a citation, the cop would have had to see you and say, I observed this person doing it. Does that have any of that on the paperwork? Not to the extent of All right, Austin, Austin, appeal the damn thing and say, uh, Your Honor, I don't think they call uh, administrative judges Your Honor. Uh, they call him Mr. Mr. Smith or whatever the hell their last name is. Matter of fact, call him Mr. Smith no matter what his name is. And... Uh, just say hey, wait, he didn't even see it. I man, I'd appeal that up and down. I'd appeal it all up and down. And if he says no, I'd pee right there in the courtroom. I'd let him know that. If, I, if I, I, I yeah, I would. Uh, I'd go for it. The appeal, not peeing in the courtroom, uh, because that uh, who needs that? That's uh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying. This is handle on the law. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel, it is Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 lawyers giving you free legal advice. 9 to 2 today. This is Handel on the Law. A strange story out of Utah where usually you don't see someone who has helped a suicide be charged with murder. And uh, this is what happened. There's an 18-year-old kid, I guess young man, Terrell Joe Prisbician, is uh, accused of filming uh, a 16-year-old girl. She uh, hanged herself from a tree, 
He told the police, now he called the police, he told her that he had a fascination with death. Some turkey hunters found her hanging from a tree on a Saturday morning. Uh, The police believe he left the girl's death, the scene of the death, overnight and then returned to talk to the deputies the next morning. And it's clear that he helped her, uh, that he aided the girl's suicide because he wanted to see someone die. He had purchased several items to facilitate the death of the girl and actually had a cell phone recording of her as she died. And the recording showed the two of them talking about her suicide before she put a rope around her neck. She inhaled a can of of, uh, aerosol, and uh, as she passed out, her weight caused her to hang from the rope and die. He was recording the entire time. The video shows him approaching her, checking her pulse, and making no effort to help. Uh, They found a receipt uh, for the aerosol and other items he purchased. Also, the two of them purchased the rope together. Now, uh, the bottom line is you can watch someone die all day long. There is no duty to save anybody unless there is a statutory duty in whatever state uh, has that kind of statute. The problem here is he was actively involved in buying and suggesting and videoing and helping her to do all this. So it's not just watching someone die or watching someone that has to be rescued and not rescuing that person. It's being part and parcel of it. So uh, it's murder charges, although I don't know if it's going to be uh, murder when it's all said and done. It may very well be manslaughter, but it's it's a strange one. And uh, uh, what a cockroach this guy is. And I'm assuming that unless he has some severe, severe mental problems, uh, he's going to go down for a lot of years. All right, let's take some phone calls. All right, Renee. Hello, Renee. How you doing, Bill? Big time fan of yours. I also uh, taking care of you when uh, at Jamie's place in Sherman Oaks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Restaurant I used I to go to. I yes. Server, and uh, I have a quick question. Uh, about a year ago, my ex-wife she filed for welfare, and uh, uh, last month I got a letter from uh, the child support office saying that I owe them four thousand uh, dollars. I went to the child support office. I showed them all the canceled checks that I had given her for my daughter's child support for that whole year, but they're still charging me. They're still asking me for more money. Okay, here's what you have to do. You, uh, This is the county, the child support division, correct? Correct. You want a hearing. You want a hearing. You, you definitely want a hearing and say, okay. I sent the money. Because here's the problem is she lied about you sending the money and she applied for welfare. And you're getting nailed uh, for it. So uh, you now have to go through the process of having a judge say, no, you don't owe the money. And okay. Yeah. That you've you've got to – and I don't even know the law on that one, but I think you can't be nailed for it. If you have a mother of a child who lies about receiving child support and the county goes after the dad, even though the dad is paid, I don't know how the father can be held responsible for that. I really can't. I think it's only the mother who's going to get tagged for welfare fraud. It's a criminal offense. So I think this was just the first step, and the county doesn't know what's going on. And as soon as the county finds out, so you ask for an investigation, and what's interesting, what I don't understand, is here's the, here are the canceled checks, and they're still saying they, uh, that he owes money. I, I don't get that. Something's being lost in the translation there. Hello, Peggy. Hi. I'm a Pasadena homeowner. 
I'm wanting to add on 495 square feet onto my home. The permit department in Pasadena they won't allow it until I have a two-car garage constructed. Okay. I already have a garage and a carport, and I told them that should be suffice, and they said no because there's no permit uh, taken out on that. Okay. And I said, well, the, they were constructed in the early 30s. What do I do? You appeal it. What you ask for is a waiver. Okay. Oh. There is Whenever there is a permit issued... All right, to allowing you to build, or, or they stop you from building and, and, and say, we need a permit, uh, you can ask for a waiver. And they have the they have the power to do that. And that's exactly what you want under these circumstances. And the, arg- and the argument Go you're going to make is uh, the carport and the garage are grandfathered in, and you should be allowed to build the, uh, the, new, uh, the new part of the house. What is it, 600 square feet, you said? Uh, 495. All right, so 500 square feet. I get it. Yeah. Now, they still have the right to say no, Peggy. It's their call. But Oh, I know. And which, the guy that's been helping me, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to impress his boss. Well, I, I don't I know. Fine, go to the boss. I've only, I've already, he won't let me talk to him. I've already. You can call, Peggy, you can call, you, Peggy, you can call the boss. Okay. And you can even go yes, farther sir. up. Go to the, uh, go to the head of the Department of Building and Safety, Peggy. Oh, okay. Yeah, just go all the way up and ask for the waiver. Just It's a formal application for a waiver. Now, it, the, unfortunately, it's going to be at the desk, and the guy's going to say no. I don't know how many people there are uh, that make those decisions. So you have to go up. You always have there. There's When I went uh, started talking about appeal, whenever there's an administrative decision uh, done by a an entity like the Department of Building and Safety or uh, the, any other uh, the, the the park department, et cetera, that nails you, you always have the right to appeal it. There's always an appeal process in place. And you're probably going to lose, but at least you have the right. All right, this is Handle on the Law. Not a yes, sir. Not a follow-up. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah. Yes, sir. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I'm retired. I'm 66. I got a, a Section 8 two years ago. I lived in the apartment, but the owner 
uh, give me a 90-day notice. So I'm just wondering about the, because uh, the housing authority sent me a paper about the relocation money and, uh, you know, something about that. Well, you get relocation money, certainly, Casey. Yeah, what's the uh, parameters, though? What's the... Uh, I think it's I just know what, whatever statute is. $2,500 or $5,000 if you're over, uh, if uh, you have a family, and I don't know exactly. Just call the housing authority. They'll tell you exactly the amount of money that is owed you. And this is, and Section 8 is in a whole different uh, area yeah. than under state law. It's a whole different thing. But just call them up. But you're entitled to money, but they're throwing you out. I mean, in uh, case your landlord's within the law and you get to find a new place. Uh, but, yeah, I understand that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's rent control and all that. Yeah, yeah, just but uh, it, uh, Section 8 is always rent controlled. But what right. you want to do is call him up and find out how much he's, the, uh, this guy owes you. It looks like he's following all of the rules in terms right. of uh, letting Section the Section 8 people know, the housing authority, who are then giving you notice. So my guess is you're probably going to get everything that's owed you. But go ahead and call them just to find out what the number is. You're going to ask me? You know, how I, you know how I would answer it? I'd call them. And then I'd come back and tell you and say, this is what I found out after I called them. So I have an idea. Why don't you call them? All right, Terry. Yes. Um, My wife or my girlfriend and I bought a house together about 23 years ago. She died 10 years ago, and I had to take her name off of the title. But the county reassessed the property 100% more than doubled my property taxes. And according to the Howard Jarvis Association, they should have only been able to do it by 50% since my name remained on the title. Um, At that time, I confronted the county, filed a complaint. They lowered the taxes for the next seven years, but now two years ago, they doubled it again. Okay, first of all, Terry, they have the right to assess the property. And they can assess it at virtually any anything they want because I'm willing to, to guess the property is not assessed at market value. If it's assessed above market value, you're done. There, you can do you can go in there and have it uh, brought down to be reassessed in two seconds. So, well, according according to Zillow, it's assessed at about. $30,000 less than what the county has it assessed. Yeah, at. nobody cares what Zillow says. Well, I, I know. So but. walking in with Zillow, they're going to laugh at you. Mm-hmm. All right? Well, so you, you need legitimate comps. What you need is a legitimate appraisal to walk in and ask for a reassessment with uh, the county assessor. Okay. That's it. You have to go through the process, Terry. And if you yeah, think the, the assessment... problem with the comps in this area, though, this is the smallest house in this entire area. But you know, but it's the appraisal seven hundred eighty. I know, but foot. the appraisal the appraisal will come in and reflect that it's the smallest house in the area. Mm-hmm. And okay. then you you take that appraisal and you walk in and go, hey, here's my appraisal. This is legitimate. Okay. So I can call a, an appraiser yes. and have them... Yeah, you want, what you want to do appraise. is call the county assessor's office and find out what the process is to okay. have the house reassessed. When the big... Here's what happened. Uh, when uh, the, the the big uh, collapse came in, in 2008, remember property values went down 40%? Well, the assessor's office didn't actually reduce the prices. People had to go in and reassess. They had to go in and apply for reassessment. They all won... Because there are the property values. They collapse 40%. Right. But you have to actually go in and do the whole deed with a county assessor. 
All right. All right. There okay. you go. Yeah, aren't we thrilled? Yeah. Seven, 780 square foot house. I wonder if he watches Tiny House Nation. You ever see that show? It's people who are moving from a two to 3,000 square foot home and they're downsizing. I mean, downsizing squared. Uh, and it's a, it's a whole it's a whole new lifestyle where they get virtually rid of everything and they move into a home that's about four four square feet. And uh, they're the tiny house nation. There's two of them. There's uh, looking for those houses and then building those houses. Two different shows. And it's kind of neat to see how people. And I mean, 200 square feet, 400 square feet. I mean, small stuff. 780 square feet would not even qualify for those two shows. I mean, the biggest I think I've seen is 450 or 500 square feet. Really crazy stuff. We went with Tiny House Nation. Didn't quite work for us. This is Handle on the Law. Law Day at the Bowers Museum, 9 to 2 o'clock. Come on down. Hope to see you here. Welcome back. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, Yes. Stephanie, welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, good morning, Bill. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, The reason I called, I have uh, concerns about filling out a um, free living trust for my family, a revocable living trust, and I downloaded a, uh, a document, a form for that off the Internet, and it seems to ask all the questions that are necessary. But um, I was wondering if this would be a legal document uh, based on the fact that there's a on the very last question that asks for uh, the notary to sign. Right. It is not so, a question of being legal or illegal. That's not the question you ask of a trust. Uh, you ask, is it enforceable? Uh, does it do what you want it to do? But it's the, we start with um, uh, whatever's free is probably not worth the money you paid. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's for starters. Uh, for example, going to the doctor that is totally free with insurance not paying, I mean nothing, uh, and going to a doctor you paid for. Eh, I have you know, I have my issues. Or going to a lawyer uh, who doesn't charge you for any work. So uh, automatically, that's not to say Internet documents aren't good. There are some that are brilliant. I'm involved in uh, some business documents that uh, we've spent thousands of hours getting involved in. But... Nothing is free. And uh, a a free living trust, unless it is so simple that it does virtually nothing, then, uh, you know, would I do it? Uh, No, but a trust has to be, uh, uh, any trust has to be notarized, just to let you know. You need notarization. That that makes it enforceable, not legal or illegal, but enforceable. Enforceable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All Uh, right. 
So it's very simple. I mean, it's just really the about the house and maybe some jewelry. Right. Well, no, you uh-huh. know, the jewelry in the trust gets really interesting uh, because uh, the, <clears throat> the jewelry gets turned over to the trustee. And what does the trustee do with the jewelry? Well, he would disperse it to other members of the family. Okay, and, spe- and specifically, the, the pieces are specifically designated. The ring, the, yeah. the two carat ring with the diamond pave, uh, that one goes to my nephew Fred. Is it that specific? Uh, yes, it, it can be. Okay. I haven't completed it because I wasn't sure whether I would. The problem is things like that are normally not. You don't. That, that's not a trust issue. Normally, that's a will that you leave that stuff to. Uh, it wouldn't be a trust. Uh, already, uh, you're sort of up in the air because for certain things, you need a will. For other things, you need a trust. Uh, but the bottom line, uh, if it's free, it's free. And you don't get I just a- wanted to avoid probate. Well, yeah, you do that with a trust. But you're going to have to probably go into probate for the rest of your stuff. Unless it's so simple, you just hand it out to people as they die. So uh, what you do, yeah. yeah, what you do is, is there going to be a fight? Is there a husband? Is there a, a kid that can take uh, the uh, the jewelry, for example, and then hand it out the way you want to hand it out? Yes. All right, then just uh, you say, when I die, just pick up the jewelry. All right, here okay. we go. It's in that drawer over there and hand one piece to her and one piece to him. You don't need a trust. Okay. You don't need a trust for any of that. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. But uh, free documents off the Internet are free documents off the Internet. All right. Amy. Hello, Amy. Okay. I have uh, my husband's company went under, and we still have the company truck, and the owner won't pick it up because he doesn't have any money. I believe that the truck belongs to the bank, but I want to know what can we do with this truck that's been sitting in my driveway for months. Well, what do you mean it still belongs to the bank? Is uh, well, any, anybody making payments on it? No, no, nobody's making anything on it. So, so I'm assuming that the bank is supposed to repo it. Or yeah, something. then call the bank and tell them what do you want to do with your car? It's sitting in my driveway. Go pick it up. Now, how how can we? We're, we're trying to figure out where the bank is. I mean, which bank? Do, do well, we have- there's a. Yeah, I mean, is there a title? Do you happen to have the title document? Um, I, I think we, we might have Okay, the something. lien holder, you'll see the lien holder, whoever owns it, and just call them up. If it's they Bank of America, yeah, if it's Bank of America, you call up, they have their 800 number that'll take it four days to get through as you sit on wait, and then you go, hey, uh, who, who handles the liens on uh, company cars? Probably one central location anyway, because there's, everything is now centralized. Okay. And if they okay. have a receptionist, there's one for uh, the entire bank that 60,000 <laughs> people work for. Okay. But you just want to call the lien holder, and that's the person who owns the uh, the, the vehicle, and that's who, if there's still money owing, uh, can should pick it up. All right, George. Hi, George. Yes. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? All right. Here's the problem, Bill. I met you once uh, years ago. Shook your hand, and I've been washing my right hand ever since. Oh, very good. Okay, that's a start. So let's move on. All right. Um, moving on, being a landlord... Uh, I've had tenants in the past that, you know, they trash the property and when they leave. And uh, the weird thing that's happened to me of late is after the tenant leaves, you got 21 days to give them back their deposits, less any damages. Okay, well, they didn't pay the water bill, and um, you usually don't get that until 30 days later. And the water department uh, hits me with the bill. Wait a minute, I don't have a contract with you. That was a tenant. Well, we have a deal with the health department if uh, 
and it doesn't pay it, you got to pay it. We'll put it on your uh, on your tax bill. And waste management, same thing. Trash company has a contract with a tenant, and the tenant moves out, orders up a special barrel, you know, 139 bucks, whatever, uh, and leaves. Well, in 21 days, I give the tenant back their deposits plus any damages, and then two months later, because trash company bills every three months, I get a bill from the trash department. Okay. Wait a minute. I don't have a tra- I don't have a contract. God, how me. much? How much is it? Uh, it was like 123 bucks, whatever. Uh, I would pay it. I did exactly. So you sue the uh, you sue the tenant. Well, you can't because he's in Texas. Well, that's a problem. You you can, but uh, when he's gone, I mean, what do you do when someone is impossible to serve or it's going to cost you more money than it's than you would possibly collect? Bill. I don't have a contract with the waste manager. I understand. I, I understand. Wa- and I get it. And what they're going to do is they're probably not going to sue you because that's your argument, and they'll never pick up the trash at that piece of property again. Fine. Well, yes. That's what the water department said. That's We're exactly not- the case. Okay, and fine. if you don't pay and if you don't pay the water bill, uh, they'll never deliver water to the property Here, again. Here's a simple answer, Bill. The electric company uh, lets them... Uh, pay a deposit, and then they turn on the electricity. And right. the so so pay. what? So the trash company doesn't, yeah. and uh, that's just the way it works. That's just the way they do business. That's their model. George, pay the money. Oh, well, Just pay the money. Leave it alone. It's not that complicated. It's $139. It's not $13,000, or we actually have an argument here where I'm going to go, let's figure it out. $139. This is Handle on the Law. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Erica. Hi, Erica. Erica? Erica, you there? Okay. I guess not. Hi, Josh. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Handel. Yes. Um, All right. So my mother is a caretaker on, like, a horse ranch, and she lives there in her own little trailer, and she also pays discounted rent. Well, I went over there the other day, and I thought it smelled kind of weird in there, and I said, what's the smell? And she says, oh, there's mold growing in the ceiling, and all the rain we've been having is really, really bad right now. So she showed me all the mold, and the ceiling is caving in. There's mold in the ceiling. And she said that the owner of the place has been procrastinating about fixing it for two years. And this is the first that I heard about it, and I flipped out. And I want to know, should she just sue the guy, or should she... Well, there's nothing to sue. Uh, Josh, there's nothing to sue for until she's been injured. Because what are her damages? Okay. Yeah, there's nothing there. I mean, she hasn't... uh, Until she is uh, personally injured... You know, her lungs are falling apart. She's coughing up blood. Uh, It looks like she has tuberculosis, and she doesn't. There's just pieces of her lung all over the floor. Then you have damages. But but until then, uh, you know, now what? She has mold in her property, and that's it. 
Well, she is getting sick from it, and she so now. Okay, to go, now hold on a minute. Now, is there a doctor that says she is sick because of the mold? I told her she's going to do that like today or tomorrow. We're okay, do that right now. And how long has she known that there's been mold in the place? Two years. Okay, why does she still live there with mold once she knows there's mold? I don't know. That's exactly I what I. If you're suing me and I'm the owner of the property, that's what I'm going to ask. Well, he kept because he's been procrastinating. I get it. I get it. Then why didn't you move out? Right. And well, there's so there's really no answer just, to that. So what should I do first? Have her move now out. Have her get the hell out of there. And get to the but we're, we. I want her to go to the doctor and maybe uh, you know maybe okay or, try to put that together. But uh, she she's known there was mold there. And yeah. she still, it's its a tough one. It's not easy. The answer is get her out of there. And there's, there's, that's the cleanest way of doing it. What else are you going to do? Hi, Erica. Hello. Yes, I have ma'am. Regarding a, a legal. All right, hold on. Wait, wait, Erica, you got to start from the beginning. I, over, I was talking over you. Let's start from uh, minute one. Thank you, sir. Um, I live in Los Angeles, and a friend of mine is um, renting a property. She inherited it from her father about 20 years ago. And at that time, it had a unit built onto the garage, and there was someone living in it when the father passed away. She had no idea, but evidently the unit um, is not certified to be occupied. It's a, it's a legal unit, but it was only uh, qualified to be a shop. And she found this out recently after several tenants had lived in there over the years, no problems. Um, the current tenant she has, who's been in there about six years, decided to turn her in to the Department of Building and Safety. Who's and, and the tenant is still living there, and he's still living. Why there would the ten- Why would a tenant turn in mm-hmm. your friend? Because what they're going to do is force him to leave. No, actually not. Uh, she is caught between the Housing Authority here in Los Angeles. And building and safety. Okay, I don't housing understand. Authority. So they want to nail housing her, and they're not asking. Okay, they're not asking for the unit to be brought back to code or to be no longer used as a residence. They're not asking for well, that. Well, the building and safety is asking for that, but the housing authority uh, says he's not considered a tenant, so you can't evict. What him. housing? Wait a second. That's what he, housing authority are you talking about? Is he Section Eight, or we're just talking about the rent control? No, people? he's not Section Eight. All right, he's so not, it's just the rent. Control. Rent control people. Yeah, yep. well, uh, the yep. problem is is that uh, they may not consider him a tenant, or they might. It's a, it's a unit that's not there. It shouldn't be used that way. It's illegal. Exactly, and she wants to get rid of him, but the housing authority is saying she has to uh, come up with $10,300, which is something that last Los Angeles has imposed, in order to remove him from the ah, unit. And ah, she that's the, okay. have that. See, that's different. Now we're talking about, it's not a question of throwing him out. It's a question of evicting him, and that is having nothing to do with uh, what uh, the building and safety. Well, building she wants sa- to comply. I know, she but building. But here's what building and safety says. You can't have anybody live there. Okay, right. done, finished. Now, the rent stabilization people say, if someone is living in your house, legally or illegally... 
you still have to pay moving charges. I had no idea it was ten thousand dollars. I thought it was like five thousand dollars. What no, happened 10, with ten thousand three hundred? Wow, uh, she's stuck between a rock and a hard place. And if and if there if they have any other uh, type of circumstances, it could be more. Cheese. But but the point is, she inherited the property. I know. Is so she's going to have to ask. Of... So she has to go to building and safety and ask for a waiver. And why would uh, he turn her in? That I don't understand. What's the upside? She was planning on on actually evicting him. She uh, right. was close to losing the property uh, in a foreclosure situation. Okay. And okay, here's what she ha- here's what she has out. to do. Got it. The first thing I would do is talk to a landlord tenant attorney because you've got a mess on your hands and there may be she ways. Has. She yeah. Has. And what does the landlord tenant attorney say? They said basically she is uh, SOL without uh Ten thousand three hundred okay. plus attorneys fees. All right, plus so Eric, what penalties. You, all right, what are you asking me then? Well, I was wondering if you knew of any type of loophole to get rid of this. I guy. don't. Okay, I'm not a I'm not a lawyer that specializes in loopholes. Hey, I, you know that would be great advertising. Loophole lawyer. Think that would sell? Yep. Don't know of it. I mean, that's a problem. Is there's two issues there? One is living there or not living there. Building and safe says you got to get him out of there, and, ha- and the stabilization board, housing people, say, hey, if he's living there, then you evict him. Ciao, baby. We don't care why you evict him. Ten thousand three hundred dollars, moving expenses for someone. Oh, isn't isn't California a great place to live and own property? And start a business, own a business, have employees, be married, this crap of somehow your wife gets half of everything you you have. I just, I've never understood that. Never. What What is this that women are equal? Oh, God. Okay, this is Handle on the Law. AM 640. Bill Handel here. If you would like to talk to a hundred lawyers giving you free, not marginal legal advice, come on down to Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana from 9 to 2 o'clock today. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. All right, there's a crazy woman out of Pittsburgh, uh, Jasmine Fox. And she was arrested for throwing bricks at a man's car. And, yep, 
they the, the police uh, show up. Uh, there is a man who calls the cops saying, hey, there's this woman throwing bricks at my car. And so uh, the police show up, chase her into an abandoned Roman Catholic school, and she's homeless and is hiding in the locker room. All right, so uh, now what? Well, it's a very interesting defense. First of all, clearly she's out of her mind. A lot of mental illness here, and a lot of homeless people are mentally ill. Schizophrenia and all kinds of uh, – they're drug addicts, they're alcoholics, as well as being mentally ill. So you have to look at them a little bit differently. But what makes this one a little bit different is that, first of all, she was carrying out a prophecy from God. Okay, God told her to do it. Fair enough. I mean, we hear that all the time. But she's white, and the prophecy commanded her to throw bricks at only white men, not someone of a different race. God told me to attack white guys, and I am white myself. I can't wait to find out what was going through her mind, where the racial connotations are, because she specifically said white men. That's who I have to attack, and that's what God told me to do. All right, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. Marcus. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, I had a, yes, I had a question. Uh, my father just came into a large sum of money that he was going to give to me as part of an inheritance, and uh, I didn't know if I had to like, claim it as far as income. How much is he going to give you? About two hundred thousand. Yep. Uh, he's uh, now he doesn't pay uh, taxes. How is he getting the money? Is he inheriting it? Well, he just sold a house, and then he was going to help me pay off my house. Okay, it's going to be a double hit. He's going to be paying taxes, uh, long-term capital gains, anything over. I think now it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and if he's married, uh-huh. it's five hundred thousand dollars. Anything over that, the profit uh, he gets to pay taxes on. And yes, when he gives you the money, there's a gift tax, and there okay. is there are taxes to pay. Uh, so the trick is for to have him give the maximum. Is he married? No. Okay. the the, the maximum I don't even know what it is thirteen, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars that he can uh, give per year. Per year. Okay. Per year, and uh, that's with no tax liability at all. After that, uh, yeah, there's taxes. You want to talk to an accountant? That's who you want to talk to. Okay. Because uh, when I have that kind of question, you know what I do? I call my accountant. Not a legal issue. But what the hell? You know, I, I'm not an accountant, but I play one on the radio. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, how you doing? Yes, sir. Uh, quick question regarding custody. My, uh, I have a seven-year-old. It's been uh, rather an acrimonious uh custody battle but we've settled down to allowing to following the court uh the court uh, rulings and everything's been fine but now she's telling my seven-year-old that when he's 13 he can decide where he wants to live so my question is when will a court listen to a minor well he wants all right first of all let's uh, start talking about listening to a minor merely is taking into account one of many different issues that a court looks at Uh, when awarding custody. Uh, A lot of it has to do with schools. For example, if uh, someone, uh, a kid's involved in a school and then moving uh, even part of the time during the school day or during the school week someplace else, the court's going to look at that and go, wow, okay, we don't do that, so let's bring weekends into the mix. 
Uh, seven years old, there's no issue. 13 years old, Jeff, there may be some issue, but keep in mind that uh, that's five years away. And uh, your kid may end up hating the mother or hating you. Well, I, I understand that. I, I simply was curious, when will the court take the in? Older the, kid is, the older the kid is, the more the court takes into consideration choice. And at that point, the court can change custody. The uh, court can change custody right now, Jeff. Yeah, anytime. No, yeah, they've they jurisdiction right. forever. So right, right. it's uh, it's yeah. There's no really easy answer. It's just the older, the more the court pays attention, and that's it. Right. That's right. it. That's right. that simple. There's uh, that's the only answer. AJ, hello, AJ. Uh, hey, yes, Bill, yes. Um, basically, what happened was. 18 years ago now, uh, ex-girlfriend of mine, she ended up getting pregnant. Uh, we broke up. I never knew she got pregnant. I went on deployment, came back, never heard from her again. Uh, she contacts me years later and tells me, by the way, I had a daughter. We had a daughter, and you gave her up. I gave her up for adoption. Uh, I never knew about her, never had an opportunity to meet her uh, or get involved at all. Is there any type of recourse? No, not really. Situation? Not really. I mean, you can argue emotional damage, but you have a statute issue. Just go track her down, AJ, and that's all you can do and say, hey, I'm your yeah. dad. Uh, I, I it, did. Yeah, I found her. And that's all you can do. Uh, there, There's not much more. And hopefully, I'll tell you the recourse is to have your daughter hate her for uh, taking away her dad. Yeah. That's, that's the recourse. But no, uh, you're not going to go to the adoption police uh, yeah, I don't think any of that is going to happen. Which is and doing that to someone. I mean, can you, doing that, not allowing a dad to be involved with the dad. And uh, incidentally, that's it was fraud that was committed by the mom, and not even asking for a paternity test. And uh, the only way the adoption was going to go through, if uh, the birth mother said, "I have no idea who the father is," uh, I it was just. Who the hell knows? Maybe I or I had a one night stand, and there's no way I can trace that person. And it was in another city, and I was drunk. And uh, it's it, it almost it has to be that kind of a story. This is handle on the law. Six forty handle here. Today is Law Day at the Bowers Museum, nine to two o'clock. Come on down. Hope to see you here. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. All right, Graham. Graham, welcome. Hi. Yes. Yeah, I uh, live in a rural area in uh, Kern County, it's Unincorporated, and I've got a neighbor who uh, introduced himself two days after he ran into a tree that overhangs the road by my house. The tree does sit on my property, but the limbs do not hang low enough to actually hit his vehicle. But uh, he claims that my tree jumped out in front of him and put a big dent in front of his uh, right. Jeep. Yeah. So uh, I immediately referred him to my property insurance and tried to do a claim that way, and he's not contacting them. 30 days later, he gives me a letter telling me that he wants to sue me. Fine. Hand it over to your insurance company. I did. That's it. He's not okay. He's not responding. So, 
And if he does sue you, you turn it over to your insurance company. But what if we go to court? Then the insurance company defends you. Do they really? Yeah, it's part of your insurance. Yeah, when you buy insurance, it's not just your insurance company writing a check. Part of it is you're buying a defense. Now, the insurance company has the right to say we'd rather pay him off. But if if we want to go to court, we're paying for your attorney. Because the insurance company isn't going to get sued. You are going to get sued. And the guy's an idiot. If he can get money from an insurance company, why would he want to go to court? What's he going to do? Well, here's my point, and I don't mean to do this to your profession, but he is a California barred lawyer. It doesn't matter. What's he, it doesn't matter. Anytime he sues, it doesn't matter. And by the way, be as disparaging as you want to uh, my profession, because I don't care how disparaging you're going to be. I'm more disparaging. So that's not a problem. Uh, the, the point is, uh, if you have a defense no matter what he does, and in the end, he's going to settle with them anyway. Got it. All right, so I wouldn't worry about it. The guy's just a schmuck, that's all, or he's not paid. Yeah, just stupid is what it is. He is stupid. Ernie, welcome. Hi, Hi, Ernie, welcome. Hi, Hi, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. um, My son uh, is 30 now. Ten years ago at the age of 20, he got a DUI. Um, I would like to expunge that from his record permanently without having to go to a lawyer and if I could do it myself. Yeah, you may have motion to expunge, but what difference does it make, Ernie? I don't know. It doesn't make any difference. It's a 10-year-old DUI, and then 10 years from now, it's going to be a 20-year-old DUI. Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't change. Ernie, it doesn't change anything. I mean, you can do that. I don't even know if they do expunge DUIs, but but you can do it on your own. No one's going to fight you, Ernie. It's not like you're going to be going against another attorney. It's uh, you simply, you write a motion, you go in front of the court, and I'd like to remove this, or he has to do it. You can't do it, Ernie. Uh, You're not allowed to represent him. Okay. Yeah, he, you, you're practicing law without a license at that point. That's illegal. <laughs> but he has to okay. go in and make the argument, say, he was 10 years old, can you expunge it? And if you can, the judge will probably say yes. So what? Doesn't change a I damn know. thing. No, he has a great career. Yeah, so. you're fine, and nobody cares. A 10-year-old DUI, nobody cares, especially if it's 20 years old. I mean, uh, you know, people are supposed to be stupid in their early 20s. (laughs) Yeah, you're fine, Ernie. I wouldn't worry about it, especially since, you know, he straightened his life out, and uh, that's all good stuff. Oh, yes. Hi, Beth. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Oh, hello. Yes. Yes, my question is, um, I bought a car from a lady, um, and she is still the lien holder on the car. Um, it, It was actually a gift. And um, she went into a rest home, and her power of attorney at the time told us, my daughter and I, that just consider the car yours. Um, Since then, her brother is now the power of attorney. Like after All right, hold on. Did, no, let me ask you a couple of questions, Beth. Uh, first uh-huh. of all, she was the lien holder and did not release the lien? Yes, because in exchange for the car, my, uh, my daughter would come and help her. Okay, Beth, home. but you never got the car transferred, correct? I, I actually, on the registration, it says that it's my car. It, it says, says, wait a sec, the registration shows it is your car. And that's yes. it. It's owned, and there isn't a lien holder. It's just yours. There is. Yes, she is the lien holder because the agreement was that my daughter does. Okay, has she? Her. All right. So has she moved to? You can keep on registering it forever. 
Uh, and, oh, yes. and the lien holder stays on that. So uh, I don't quite understand what the problem is she's here. On a, she's on a ventilator. Doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. So she'll be a lien holder forever. What do you care? You own well, the car. Well, but I want to sell it. It's kind of given us problems. So that's the thing is that her power of attorney at the time, because she's kind of not even, you yeah. know, like able to say what she wants. All right. So there's for me. got it. Said, Keep it. It's yours. So and wait a it. sec. So how did she become a lien holder of a car? Uh, and I don't quite understand how she she owns the car. But a lien holder is someone who has loaned money to uh, for a purchase right. of a car. So I'm a little lost here. Well, we just did work for her. No, I understand, but she's the right. Yeah. But the point is, why is she a lien holder instead of the registered owner? Uh, because she sold it, technically sold it to me and released everything to the DMV, but put herself as a lien holder. Whoa, and, it, and saying what? That you that she owes you how much money? Or she it, just stays it, it lien? Was, this, this car was technically a gift. It's a weird situation. No, I understand, but, you know, if it's a gift, you transfer the property, and you don't just yeah. throw a lien on it. And, well, you can, yeah. but, you know, you, you. I don't know why you let her be the lien holder, because that just screws everything up. Yeah. Well, again, her uh, when she was kind of really incapacitated, yeah. her, Beth, she knows that's the power of attorney. Yeah, Beth, said, yeah you, get to, you get to call the DMV to try to figure this one out, because I have no idea. I really don't. If there is a power of attorney uh, and it's a power of attorney over a lien holder and uh, there's no money involved. So uh, what is, is it? the lien holder stay there forever? And, and I don't know. This is Handle on the Law. Bill Handel, it is Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Free legal advice. 9 to 2 today. And welcome back to Handle on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. All right, Jim. There you are, Jim. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. um, I've got an 8-year-old Mercedes Sprinter van with... 23,000 miles on it. It originally came with a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, and I, uh, the steering wheel locked up, and it ended up costing like 1300 uh, bucks to get it fixed, and I read online other people have had this same problem. Do I have any recourse? In no, it's, uh, no, it's three years or 3,600 miles, and the car is how old? For 36,000 miles. Yeah, so how old is it? Old. Eight years eight. old. So what part of more than uh, more than three years old is eight years old? I just thought that it seemed a little premature for uh, such an expensive repair, and other people have had the same problem. So they have the same problem. So you sue them, and you're still, the warranty still only lasts three years or 36,000 miles. Whichever, read the warranty, whichever comes first. Gotcha. So, yeah, you're totally out of luck. Yeah, because I, I just did the math. And eight years is more than three years. I mean, there it is right there. I mean, if you want to look at my calculations, you're more than welcome to. Uh, Hi, Bill. Welcome. Oh, hi. Yes. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much. Sure. I'm I'm declaring bankruptcy right now. Congratulations. Well, it's even I had debt for years, like uh, before I even married my wife, and I didn't even tell her about it at all. All right. And and then yesterday morning, 
Uh, before I went to the attorney's office, the attorney told me, tell your wife about it. Just tell her everything that's going on. And I told my wife about it, and she was great about it. Then I went to the attorney's office. Now I have a plan to sort the whole thing out. And now I'm calling you for, like, a second opinion to, have, to make sure I don't screw this up. Okay, here's my second opinion. Not only are you a horrible husband, but you're a liar. Does that help? Yes, you're absolutely right. Okay, so and what? What is? So what would you like me to tell you? What is the question you asked me, Bill? Well, to make sure that uh, when I do this bankruptcy, they don't make any mistakes. Okay, that so, is well. Since I don't do bankruptcy, and since I don't have the documents in front of me, and since you have uh, a bankruptcy attorney, I'm assuming, correct? Yes, that's true. Then uh, you, if, if you have any doubts, you hire another bankruptcy attorney, Bill, to look at it. Although I don't think uh, I wouldn't. If the guy knows how to do bankruptcy, he knows how to do bankruptcy. Right. And the only way you'll find uh, there's a mistake is when there's someone who's a creditor uh, comes in and takes your house away and everything you own five years from now. That's when you knew there was a mistake. Okay. And you're wiped out. Walter. Hi, Walter. Yes. Yes. Mr. Handel. Yes. Yes. Uh, about 10 years ago, I purchased a home with my wife on a reverse mortgage, and the uh, salesperson for the uh, mortgage banking company uh, told us to put the mortgage in my wife's name. Uh, consequently, uh, thereafter, my wife passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, I was uh, living in the home, and uh, they foreclosed on me. Oh, I see. Uh, because they because once a home is once the owner dies, uh, then they, it reverts to the mortgage company that has the right to sell it because that's part of their foreclosure. Okay. So what yeah. is, what is your question, Walter? Well, under under the new uh, federal law, it says that they cannot foreclose. Right. And so, what's your question? My question is, what is my recourse? You tell, did they already foreclose? Yes, they okay. did. Okay, and uh, the when the law was passed, was the law passed after the foreclosure or before the foreclosure? Before the foreclosure. Oh, then you have to you get a lawyer because what's happened is a home has been foreclosed in violation of federal law. Uh, you got you, a, you got a good case there. Do you know of a lawyer? Yeah, you can that, go to my website. Uh, you want a real estate lawyer or uh, actually maybe a, a creditor debtor lawyer. And just go to handleonthelaw.com and, okay. and handleonthelaw.com. I don't have $50,000. You're not going to need $50,000. I'm sure they'll do it for forty-five or forty-eight. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Barry. Hi, Barry. Hi, Bill. Yes. I have a question for you. Where would I go to find out if a person has died and maybe even get a copy of the death certificate if they have died? Sure. Uh, county recorder's office. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a public document. So All the right. trick is just to find out what county the person died in, and then you simply go to even the website and just put the name of the person uh, and just ask for the date. I mean, there are forms you fill out, but then you pay 5 bucks or 8 bucks and you get a certified copy of the death certificate. All right. Yeah, so I... that gets easy. Not a problem. I wish they were all that easy. Hi, Brian. Hello? Yes, what can I do for you, Brian? Yeah, I'm calling because... Uh... I have an escrow I just closed. I was, it was a divorce sale. I was representing the wife, the ex-wife, and uh, there was another agent representing the ex-husband. Uh, the situation we're having is we've closed, we, we closed the escrow as we needed to because the lady was, uh, lo- it was going to closure. The lady 
We're supposed to skip a payment if she did it. Okay. Um, so now we're trying to figure, so the money was supposed to be split 50-50 according to this court order we had. But the husband jumped in and said, no, you know what, uh, I was, it wasn't supposed to be 50-50 because also in another order, she was supposed to keep a payment uh, on, the, on the house. And, you know, any okay, so there's a fight. So there's a fight. The escrow company now is looking at two contradictory or competing court orders, correct? Yeah. Well, okay. You know, it's, it's, on same, it's on the same court order. Okay, it doesn't matter. Brian, here's what the escrow company does. The escrow company interpleads, files an interpleader, and just throws the money back into court. It's a it's a motion the escrow company has to make, and it literally hands the money to the court, and then the court deals with it. It's uh, interpleader gets gets the uh, the escrow holder out of it, just gone, uh, because you it's whatever way it works, it's a lose lose for the escrow company. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. So, so just just tell them just to, tell them to enter tell them to interplead the money, or if it's the same court, then the court gets to figure it out. Then uh, one or the other, the escrow company goes to court and asks the court to make a final determination, and they just go ahead and uh, release the money, or the escrow company releases the money per the last court order. So either way, uh, you just you want you want to stay out of it legally, and the escrow yeah. company wants to stay out of it legally by bringing it all to a court because the last thing they need is a lawsuit. All right, does that answer your, your question? Uh, yeah, I didn't okay. know they can do that. Yeah, they do what... do that. Not only can they do that, they have to do that under these circumstances. All right, this is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. Come on down to Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana from 9 to 2 o'clock today. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, Asella, thank you for uh, joining us. Or actually, you should thank me. Uh, what would you like to me to do? Hi. Yes. Hi. I'm trying to divorce my husband of 17 years. Uh, the problem is we have the same. Uh, he uses my address for a mailing address at times, comes and gets his mail. He has no other address for me to serve him at. All right, Asella, we're, we're having, unfortunately, I think you're going to have to call back because the line really sucks on this one. You're breaking up like crazy. Stu, welcome to Handle on the Law. Stu, what can I do for you? Hey, Bill, uh, we built the house uh, 12 years ago. Uh, right after we uh, moved in, uh, we had uh, a leak in the wall and damaged, you know, some stuff. And then it didn't happen again for three or four years. But about five, six years ago, it happened again. They came back, back out, fixed it, tried to find the leak. Uh, we haven't had an issue for five or six years, and now we've just recently had some rain and the leak is back. My question is, is the contractor still responsible? How many years after the building of the property? Twelve. Twelve. Uh, it's no with three O's. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, sir. It's a 10-year statute, and that's it. Now, uh, yeah, it's just basically a 10-year statute from building of a house in California. There's, there's nothing more or less than that. Uh, hello, Paul. Welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Uh, hi, Bill. Yeah, uh, my question is this. Um, Recently, 
my dad's um, stepdaughter um, informed her that she had taken a power toning over her mom. And um, so I didn't think she could do that because my dad was, um, he should be the one that makes decisions for her. But then she came back later on saying that she's got a letter saying that she took my dad, or they took my dad in to get uh, an examination on him, and they said that he had late onset Alzheimer's. So that's how she said she was able to get the power to turn over her mom. And then um, later did her on, mom, wait that, did her mom sign off on the power of attorney? Uh, well, she says she didn't. Uh, well, but, hold on. Who says she didn't? Your mom? No, my stepmother. Your my stepmother? Dad. Okay, I don't quite understand. It's your stepmother who is at issue here with your dad. They're married, right? They're married. Okay, and and, uh, and your dad has uh, Alzheimer's, correct? So they're claiming he has late, late onset Alzheimer's, yes. Okay, and so, uh, based on that, your sister... My sister, my stepsister. Uh, your stepsister says that she has power of attorney over him or no, oh, over over the, mom. over mom, and, and based on what? And mom doesn't remember giving it to her. She says she did it. Okay, so what's uh, your question? So they have it. My my father and his and his wife or stepmother have it and shared chicken account where their social security gets deposited. And money has been taken out of there. Every month they're taking out all the money, and they're leaving almost with nothing. So we found out to the bank that the stepsister was taking the money, and, but we told her, well, she said she got the power of attorney. The bank said there's nothing to prove that. Then how does so, the bank uh, let the, the stepsister take the money out if well, uh, there's no power of attorney that's filed? Well, she's using the debit card and pulling the money out of the account. Oh, she has a debit card uh, yes. that was given to her by whom? Um, we don't know. I All right, your sister, mother, yeah. and how, how much money has she taken out and over what period of time? Um, they say for the last three months, it's uh, been uh, call, at least $1,000. Call, call the police okay. uh, and, because she's stolen the money. Have okay. uh, your mom immediately sign a document saying that uh, that debit card is, is gone, done, finished? Okay. If your mom is still around, she can shut down that debit card. Over. Done. That's what she has to do. Now, okay. the police are not going to get involved in it because they're going to go, they, your mom gave it to her, but I would. And then okay. I'd sue her. And then your mom should sue for $1,000 against uh, your stepsister. Not that your mom will. Would, would your mom do that? Or your no, mother-in-law? It's, it's, it's my stepmother. Would she do that? Um, she probably won't because she defends her daughter most of the time. All right, so she's not going to say she's not going to sue uh, the daughter-in-law. Now, nothing stops her from handing over the debit card to her again, and effectively right. saying, "You know what? If you want to take the money, you go ahead and take the money." Uh, because she she can take my dad's money as well. Well, that gets a little bit complicated because uh, it's a joint account. Correct. And your mom is, or your stepmom is allowed to take money out of a joint account. Either one is allowed to take out money. And if she wants to take the money out and give it to her daughter, which effectively is what she's doing with that debit card, you know what? There's not much you can do to stop it other than your father coming in and trying to stop it. But if he has dementia, uh, late onset dementia, then it gets to be a mess. Then you need a conservator. Uh, the bottom line is, Paul. If your mother-in-law wants her daughter to take all of their money, there's not much you can do about it. Okay. It's up to you. It's, it's your stepmom. My, it's your stepmom who is yeah. who yeah. is fine 
with uh, her daughter taking out all the money, saying, you know what? I, I don't need any money. Your dad and I don't need any money. Here, just take all of our money. If she's willing to do that, there's nothing you can do, Paul. Okay, even though, okay, well, we found out was she was not giving her permission to do it, though. Well, it, she has a debit card. Right. Well, that's a, that's what we're trying to figure out. How did she get it? Okay, someone gave it to her, but Paul, would your stepmother, to would she stop the debit card? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think she would. All right, then she's, saying, then she's saying my daughter can take out my money. Okay. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, theoretically, you've got uh, you've got the dad, but you'd have to file a conservatorship on the dad to go in and uh, stop it, or maybe name yourself a guardian. It's it's a mess. There's not much at this point you can do. One of the spouses has Alzheimer's. The other spouse wants to give all their money away to the daughter. You know what? Too bad. You kill her. That's the only thing that's left. You know, just out-and-out murder. I don't know what else to say. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here on a Saturday morning broadcasting from the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. 2002 North Main Street in uh, Santa Ana, right off the 5 Freeway, the Main Street exit. And this is um, our law day. Uh, So come on by. We have uh, lawyers uh, sitting out there in the main, uh, I guess we call it the pit area, main uh, banquet area. And uh, you'll be able to ask these lawyers. It's free. And you'll be able to ask them any manner of legal questions that you have, whether you're uh, a murderer or in the middle of a horrible divorce or just whatever field. I think we have even a specialist in riparian rights, uh, which is uh, effectively water rights. For example, if you live next to someone and uh, there's a river that crosses both properties uh, and you sue each other, that's riparian rights. Does anybody care? Of course not. All right. Uh, phone numbers, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. And... Okay, let's just uh, start moving in the right direction. By the way, I have an auditorium full of people. Uh, I've never seen so many people uh, in one place listening to the broadcast. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm not kidding. I am not exaggerating. Uh, Oh, in one of the bathroom. Okay, uh, does that count? And, And the reason is because all the lawyers are out front. We've just opened up the lawyers' booths. And uh, people are far more interested in talking to the lawyers for free legal advice than they are uh, talking to me or listening here in the auditorium. But come on by, uh, and uh, you're certainly welcome to come. Free legal advice. And we're looking at about 100 lawyers. Some of them are still having breakfast. Oh, two more. Oh, no. One and a half more. I'm sorry? Tenth anniversary. Tenth anniversary. Oh, my goodness. Tenth anniversary uh, shirt. Well, we go back a ways, don't we? My God, we're both getting old, and you look a lot worse than I do. Okay, let me tell you uh, what's happening in the Netherlands. Uh, There's a a terrific story, and it's right up my alley. I mean, this is what I do. And, well, it's not specifically what I do, but it's sort of the field that I'm in. There is a doctor, was a doctor, by the name of Jan Korbat, and this is in Holland. And he ran the Bidjorp Medical Center, uh, which closed uh, back in 2009 following the reports of, uh, let's say, irregularities, and this was one of Rotterdam's. Uh, Rotterdam is uh, 
uh, is that the capital? No, it's not the capital. It's the biggest port out there in Europe. It was one of Rotterdam's uh, largest sperm banks in the 80s and 90s. And uh, the accusation is that he switched donors' semen with his own. And he is now being accused of fathering 60 children without uh, the parents uh, knowing about it. That's a problem. Now, he died last month, 89 years old. So, you know, when's the last time he was able to donate sperm? I mean, give me a break. Uh, He's been accused by 23 families of using his own semen at uh, the fertility clinic. Also accused of tampering with the uh, data of the clinic, donor descriptions, uh, allowing uh, couples more than the allocated six children per donor. And uh, they are suing. You betcha. Uh, now, he is reportedly have admitted to fathering uh, 60 children before he died, and he did that to one of the plaintiffs. Obviously, there's a large lawsuit uh, going on. Uh, the 23 families are seeking a DNA test to see if uh, he used his own sperm. Uh, his lawyer, oh, my coffee and, uh, oh, and bagel, thank you. Uh, let me, as a matter of fact, let me do this for a minute, okay? I know you want to listen, but... Uh, you know, I need some napkins too. Oh, that's that's cinnamon cream cheese. Cinnamon cream cheese. I'm taking away your Jew card. What is this? Cinnamon cream cheese. That's all right. I'll I'll live with it. By the way, that's not even a real bagel. That's a store bought bagel. You didn't go to the bagel store. Yeah, this is bread. This is bread in the shape of a bagel. So hang on a minute. So what I have effectively is a piece of bread with cinnamon cream cheese on it. Boy, there's Jew for you, isn't it? It's a sacrilege. It was handed to you. It was handed to me. You're right. It's, I didn't pay for it. You're right. Uh, you know what? Don't worry about it. Okay? Or worry about it. I don't care. Okay, where was I? Oh, the sperm bank guy. Right. Okay. The lawyer, uh, uh, on behalf of his family, his estate says there is not the slightest evidence that he was the donor and that he and asking the court to listen to his request his dying request that no DNA tests would be carried out after his death so what does that tell you okay not a shred of evidence and by the way you can't do any DNA tests to uh, prove or disprove and the issue in the Netherlands uh, incidentally is lawsuits are very few and far between, not real big money. Here in the States, this would be a, a zillion dollars. All right, uh, let's take a, a phone call or two. Uh, Barbara, hello, Barbara. Hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. Um, my husband and I recently moved into a rental property to um, that we own to renovate it. And we suddenly realized that the neighbor next door likes about three or four times a week he likes to pleasure himself in front of the window with the lights on and the blinds up. Mm-hmm. I want to know, if I film him, mm-hmm. am I going to be sued? Well, it depends on whether you're going to sell the video and uh, without getting uh, his uh, clearance, without getting his permission. Because you need, oh, a, no, model, gonna... <laughs> you need a model release uh, to do this. You know that. Uh, I'm not as a matter of fact, uh, oh, I'm he's sorry. Not that good looking. Oh, so that's not where you're want, you, you want to go. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I want to show say, it to the neighbors uh, to let them, because I'm hoping he'll move. Uh, right. Uh, well, how about calling the police first? And I think you can, uh, yeah, sure, you video uh, video it, and as long as it's not used in uh, in court, 
then I think, or they, whether it's even used to, uh, whether it's even used to uh, prosecute him. Uh, the the issue is, and there's a law on it. Of course, I don't know it, and that is uh, is performing a sex act with the blinds open and you're out in public. You can see it. Is that a criminal act? Well, it, cer- it certainly isn't doing that in public, and it's uh, within a private house. Mm, you know, yeah. Let's well, go back. Let's go back himself. to let's go back to selling this thing because I'd buy it. I'd I'd buy the video. <laughs> So well, uh, the reason why we didn't want to call the police is we're going to have to disclose that to tenants probably in the future because they're going to move. You know, we've had this house for a long well, why time. Well, why don't you do this? Uh, if you want him to move and he's a tenant of yours? No, he's a neighbor. Oh, I see. And uh, so you have tenants that are neighbors. Uh, why don't you just go to him and just say, hey, you got to stop this or we're calling the police and uh, you're looking at a sex offense. And do you really want to be a sex offender for the rest of your life? Is that worth it? And he may say yes, because he gets off on it. So there's the Mm -hmm. answer. All right. I'm sure I didn't help you at all. Okay. (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, Monica, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Yes, ma'am. I have two questions. Um, The first one that I wanted to know is that I have purchased a new condo, but I wasn't disclosed that there is a rust leak. That there is a what? A roof leaking. A roof leak, okay. Yeah, so I wanted to know if there was any action that I can be done because it wasn't closed by the previous uh, owner. Or yeah, I think, yeah, there's a couple ways you can go on that. Number one is uh, the seller, okay, because uh, if that was, uh, if it's obvious there was a roof leak, does it, does it show damage uh, when you went in and bought it? Uh, does it show there's a, evidence of a leak or did it happen after you came in there? No, well, when we had purchased it, um, there was no leak, but because it hardly rains in California, it so happened to rain after we purchased it. Okay, so it's fair to say, okay, so the argument is that the seller didn't know, and it happened afterwards. Okay, and so where you go is to the uh, the HOA. That's where you go, because it's a common roof, and you simply ask them to fix it because they have insurance for that sort of thing. Have you talked to the HOA yet? Yes, and that's and another what, question that I had in regards to the HOA. Because, and what do they? Um, and what do they say? They just keep telling me that they're going to work on it. They're going to yeah, fix it. They I have one of those. Anything in the unit um, at all? The roofing, um, the outside, nothing um, has been fixed. And also, I just found out that um, from all the time that the condos were there, that they only have 18k in the account. So we don't know. Oh, yeah, that's that. a mess. Well, why? let me ask you, when you bought the condo, did you look at the reserves? No, I, I'm a first-time buyer, so I wasn't so aware. You didn't, so you, you, you didn't do your due diligence because you, effectively you have a condo association that's violating the law by not keeping enough reserves to take care of that sort of stuff. Worst comes to worst, you have to sue your own HOA. Uh, get bids on how to what, what has to be fixed uh, above your condo, and then just say pay the bill, and then... Uh, if you sue them, you sue them, and they may not have enough money to pay the bill. They're in violation. You've got a board of directors. That's that's a mess. I mean, you've got – yeah, that's a problem. It really is. Yeah, so, we don't really have a board. There's only two people. Okay, then you've got the – there may all be kinds of violation. I don't know if you're in Orange County, but if you come down here uh, to the Bowers Museum, we have landlord-tenant uh, attorneys here that you can talk to who actually know what the hell they're talking about, unlike uh, certain people that are broadcasting right now. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 
AM uh, 640 Handle here on a Saturday morning, right till 11 o'clock uh, at the Bowers Museum. It's Law Day. Uh, 100 lawyers who are here giving you free legal advice. Phone numbers, you can still call in. Well, actually, we have a few lines open. 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. And uh, come on down uh, for Law Day. Broadcast here until 11 o'clock in the auditorium at Bowers Museum. And then uh, giving away prizes and uh, lawsuits. We're actually going to sue you for free. And, oh, hey, Marjorie. Hi. Afterwards, you can pull her hair. And uh, then, uh, what else? Oh, brought to you by uh, Cunning Dental. Uh, first 12 people that show up get a free molar uh, from Dr. Cunning. And uh, sweet James Bergener. You can go and pull on his beard uh, today, which is good. Over 100 lawyers. So come on by. Free legal advice. The Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right. Uh, back we go. Uh, to some phone calls. Uh, Nola. Hello, Nola. Hi, Bill Handel. Real quick, I rented my cousin's house two years ago, not knowing she was going to try to claim to live there when she lived in Illinois. And I told her I'm going to claim the rent on my taxes. Now she's retaliating, saying she's going to evict me. She wait, a second. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's, wait a second. It's your house that you rented to no. her? No, right, what am I missing? It's my, it's my cousin's house that I rented. Okay. And with the stipulations that I said, I want some type of agreement, even though we're family, and she wrote something on an Evernote. It's an app. I was told by an attorney that that's just like basically a verbal agreement. It's not a binding. No, it's a written agreement. Oh, no. Okay. If you write it on okay. an app, and did you send it to her? No, she sent it to me because okay, I but it's but it's but it's in writing. That's in writing. That's in okay. writing. So well, uh, she's that's... doing all kinds of illegal stuff, Bill, that I didn't know about. So she's trying to claim like she lives there, but she doesn't. She lives in Illinois with her husband. But it that doesn't actually. matter. You're talking about her on her taxes. Yes. Well, okay, that's no, not I your problem. Claim, no, no, I wanted to claim my rent. On my taxes, and she said, "If I do, I'm kicking you out." Said, well, here's Why? the problem: uh, claiming your rent on your taxes—that's not a tax issue. Exactly, but she's doing it in retaliation because. So, uh, so I don't understand. What is? She, what, wait a minute. You want to claim uh, your rent in, yes. uh, on your on the IRS form, right? On my own IRS, yes. as a de- as a deduction. Yes. Yes. How the hell exactly. do you pay, how do how do you deduct rent? That's what I. That's what I was asking her if I could do that, and she says if you claim it on your rent. She's not. First of all, she's not going to. First of all, she'll never see the exactly. her, your, your IRS form, and you can't exactly. deduct it anyway. Rent is not deductible. Out. I'm sorry. But after I told her that, Bill, after I found out it doesn't really work as a deductible, she threatened me because now. I'm finding all this stuff out that she wants me out because. She all right, then she has to. Out. Then Nola, she has to evict you. Yeah, and that's what I told her. Do it. Okay, so what's your question? Nola, what's your question? What's my, can I, she, in her breach of contract, can I sue her? Because I have What breach? Hold on, what breach? Uh, in that, or in that uh, app that she sent you, how long is the lease? 2018, August. No, no, no. How long is the lease? Um, it is for four years. From, from it's for four years. So you have a, okay, so you have a four-year lease. Yes. Uh, so uh, you 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 have a four year lease, and the the amount yeah. of money it, that's it, the amount of money is uh, is on that app. How much you pay, right? Yes. All right. Yes. You have an absolute defense. Okay. And she, she sues you. You say, just defend. She can't. She can't throw you out. You simply defend it, and you're can't. done. 
And okay. And she keeps on sending me all these fake 30-day notes. Then fine. Then it doesn't matter. You call her okay. and go, all right, take me to court. Hire Thank a lawyer you, for all I care. You're welcome. Thank you, Bill. No, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I got it. Okay. It's a good start, isn't it? All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Big thank you to my organization, Center for Surrogate Parenting. We have a booth out here, uh, and we've never had one at Law Day. So if uh, you're looking to possibly be a a surrogate mother, Marjorie, uh, or if you're looking as a couple, come on down to uh, Law Day here at... um, the Bowers Museum. Also, uh, a big thank you to Giant RV uh, sponsoring this. See, someone has to pay for you guys to get legal advice. See how that works? So a big thank you to our sponsors. Uh, also, Outdoor Elegance. You can sit out there on uh, the furniture. The good folks at Outdoor Elegance uh, are here. This is Handle on the Law. Uh, 640 Bill Handel here, uh, live at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Law Day, 100 lawyers uh, giving you free legal advice. Didn't do it last year for whatever reason. Uh, this is a beautiful menu. Um, and venue. <laughs> menu. The bad bagels I just had. All right. It's at the Bowers Museum on North Main Street in Santa Ana, right off the 5 Freeway, the Main Street exit. Also, uh, phone calls uh, if you want to call in. Sometimes I don't get that many phone calls on these live broadcasts. Um, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. And I have my gavel with me to tell you you have uh, either uh, no case or you have no case. There's my gavel. And then uh, later on after the show, I have a little surprise. Uh, It's a a true picture-taking event, I guarantee you. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, It's, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, All right, Leonard. Leonard, you're up. Welcome. Yeah, hi. I had two products that were sent to me from a company that deals in online, and it's also the name of a river. But I never paid for these items. And the name I, of a river? Know, what? What? Amazon oh, the River? Is, the Amazon so, company's name. Got it. I okay. Nate, you're going to want to give up the Amazon because no one knows what it is. Do I have that <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. So yeah, two products. Exactly. So two products came from a vendor, and Amazon shipped them to you, right? Shipped, and there's no record of billing for my credit card. I'm then what do you care? Well, what do you care? Yeah, what, they, I, what, I, I what do they send you? Then, right? What do they send you? Send well, one was a dent puller, and the other one was a food-preserving vacuum bag sealer. Well, what I would do is contact Amazon and say, I got a couple of items, but uh, if uh, there's no record of it, uh, you've got a food sealer. And what was the other one you had? Uh, a dent puller and a what? A, a what? Wait a sec. A what puller? A dent puller. And a cars. dent like puller. A, oh, from cars. Got it. For cars. Yeah, yeah so, I've never done my yeah. own body work, so uh, what the hell do <laughs> I, I know? I don't. Uh, matter of fact, I, don't I, I, can't even, I can't even say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if uh, no harm, no foul. If uh, and they're not sending you bills, right? No. All right. Then leave it alone and uh, say I'll send them back to you. Or you can try to send them back, but I would send an email. Uh, to Amazon, uh, their customer service department, and say, hey, I just got two of these things. You want to research it, and you're done. 
Then, then you've attempted to return it. They can't say, oh, you used it and you got it by mistake. And then just start pulling dents all day long. Okay? All right. I don't want to pull Yeah, no, pull dents. You got it for free. Okay, uh, John, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, John. Oh, hi, Bill. Yes, my, uh, I have, a, I have a, a record from 24 years ago, and I had it expunged six years ago, and I applied for a county job. Uh, and it it still showed up in my background. Yeah, it happens. And and um, what I'm worried about is, will it hinder me from moving up and getting promoted? Because they're still willing to hire me. Uh, I showed. No, probably my, not. No, no. If they're willing to hire you, it, it shouldn't, because once that's done, once you've been hired, uh, they're not going to do another background check uh, when they promote. It's when they first hire. And what what did you do that you needed your record expunged? Uh, it's fraud. Fraud? Uh, and they hired you? Yes. It was two felonies and one misdemeanor. I had Two felony fraud convictions? What do you do that the state hired you? Well, when I was interviewed, uh, she said, well, it's a long time ago, John. So Okay. How long ago, John? Uh, 24 years ago. Oh, I, yeah. I can see I that. Had, okay. All right. I got it. I, yeah. And I had the two felonies reduced to misdemeanors. and Then, then it's only that, misdemeanors. Yeah, so now three misdemeanors have been expunged, but yet it still showed up. I think you're fine. Uh, and that's what happens. Uh, when they do background searches, uh, They the expungement really is for the purposes of you uh, applying and simply saying, uh, no, uh, I have no criminal background. And then if they come back and say, we found it, you say, I was expunged. And my understanding of expungement means that they don't exist. And uh, yeah, the other issues, I... pardon? That's what I thought as well. Yeah, I would. I mean, you're not going to get in trouble. It's not going to be considered lying on a form. It's not going to be considered fraud, <laughs> except in your case, uh, because of the fraud. Who did you defraud, by the way? An insurance company. Insurance fraud. And how much money did you defraud them of? Uh, well, we, we didn't get any. So you're an uh. idiot fraudster. <laughs> Well, so wait, I, I suppose, you get con- you get convicted of felony fraud and got no money. My no money. God, you're well, a genius. And what job did they hire you for? As a, a lifeguard. Oh, a lifeguard. No kidding. You got hired as a county lifeguard? Well, lifeguard aide. Uh, and then after a while, that's when I get certified. No, that's fantastic. How old, and how old are you? I'm 52. And you're, wow, you must be in phenomenal shape. Well, <laughs> I try, I try to, sir. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, uh, I think you're okay in terms of being promoted because the background check has already been done, and they're not going to go back. So uh, enjoy, all right? And, and w- one more thing. What if this was a private uh, company? It wasn't a government job. Will it still show up? Uh, yeah, they can do a background check, uh, but your position is expungement, expungement. And then 24 years ago, I mean, that's a long time, John. You can argue, you know, that was a long time. My little drug episode uh, it ended in 1983, so, you know, who's going to nail me for being a drug addict? You know, it was a long time ago, so I think you're okay. Except I have to tell you, when I defrauded an insurance company, I got money, John! Well, All right. All right. All right. Diane, uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you for taking my call. I sure. Have I have a neighbor next door who's been harassing me, trashing my property, uh, trespassing, cutting my plants, and uh, before I came here, I heard from my real estate agent after I moved in and bought the house 
that um, they have the same problem with the previous owner, but he uh, was only here vacation uh, rental, uh, you know, rental. So, I mean, not rental. He only came here for vacation, so he didn't fight her because he had other problems that are bigger than that. But she has been um, a thorn in my side, and now yeah. she has a restraining order and lying on the restraining order. I have. Yeah, well, days. they always lie on the restraining order, but you've gotten in... Um, Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, can you get... Can, that's an issue. Yeah, that's yeah. an issue. I already knew she'd do that. I, I, All right. I, hang on, Diane. Uh, are neighbors aware that she is doing that? Or well, is it just you? There's a large cul-de-sac and nobody's across the street. Nobody knows what's going on in my backyard. She so it's just you. Yeah that's, a, yeah, that's a mess. I have to tell you. Uh, it is... There's nothing easy about this because you're going to argue... In favor oh, of the restraint, and, and she's going to say none of this happened. Well, and uh, here's my situation now. I've been assaulted by her. She's flipping it and saying. And I did you call the? Wait, did you call the police oh, on yeah. that one? Everything's been done. I just did an amendment before I called you to the police report that I just got the other day. Okay, and what are the pol- and what are the police doing about it? Nothing. All they can say is that he said she said type of thing. But I had I did. So video it. I mean, video it. I, I, video what? Video her assaulting you. Where did she assault you? Oh, I can't. I can't video. It's been done. No. Well, done. so it's done. Well, that's done. If it's, uh, I thought this is ongoing with the uh, the assaults. Oh. Okay, that's done. That's finished. Police yeah, uh, said it's a, okay. I have a court hearing on All right. Wednesday, and I just got papers being served with no time to get a lawyer to fight this crazy. All right. No time to get my records from HOA because what, so, what, what is she so? What is she so? What is she suing you for? She's suing me for $25,000 for, for what? For, for, for what? Because she had to put in surveillance cameras. Because she had what? She had to put in surveillance cameras. So what? What does that have to do with you? She's saying because of me. She's not. Diane, it's an idiot lawsuit. It's going no place. Answer the complaint. It'll be dismissed instantly. There's nothing there. I wouldn't worry I about go it. Go in and ask for more time. And yeah, and ask for an extension. Sure, you can go in and ask for an extension. But why? Just simply say she can argue. Uh, I'm putting in uh, these cameras because uh, this is what Diane is doing. Oh no, I didn't. Conversation over. Everything is a lie. I so get I just it. Go in and, and just tell the court when I see them. You know, I, I wanted to get a lawyer. I don't think I need a lawyer because she has no reason to fear me. I was the one that was attacked. You know. Yes, I Diane. You ex- yes, yes. You an- you have to answer the complaint. You have to answer the complaint. How long ago did she sue you? How many days, no, weeks ago? Oh, day. yeah. Then you have time. You have to, you you have to answer the complaint. Yes, and, and I then you're getting a restraining order again. And then her. you. You know what? I hate you. Okay, thanks for the call. This is Handle on the Law. Set me free. KFI AM 640. Bill Handle here on a Saturday live from the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. It's Law Day. A hundred lawyers out there giving you free legal advice in virtually every area of the law. The Bowers Museum is on North Main Street in Santa Ana off the 5 Freeway, the Main Street exit. Oh, when you come... By the way, this is one of the most spectacular museums out there. It is so worth seeing, this museum. And uh, so uh, let me tell you who our sponsors are that uh, allow you to get free legal advice. Cunning Dental, Sweet James Bergener, the Bowers Museum here, Outdoor Elegance, uh, the furniture is outside, Giant RV, and for the first time, the Center for Surrogate Parenting, my organization, where uh, you get to meet surrogates. And uh, if you're interested at all in uh, being a surrogate mother, and uh, especially those of you that are over 60 in the crowd. And 
Uh, also, if you're a potentially a couple, come on down to the uh, Bowers Museum. And, of course, free legal advice. All right. From the audience, we do this every year. Yes, sir. Legal question. Good morning, Bill. My name is John. Got John. a quick question. Had a professional will and also trust, family trust, created by an attorney many moons ago for my mom and dad. Uh, there was a family rift, and my brother was removed out of the will and... Out of the typed will, they hand wrote the the notations with affidavits from the witnesses. They were also he was also written out of the Manly family or the trust itself. Uh, the problem is is that there was a lawsuit prior to my mother and father passing in 2013 that the probate attorney says or the probate for the the lawsuit said that my brother is still active on the will because they hand wrote. The removal. Well, that, are your folks still alive? No, they passed in 2013, both of them. Whoa. How much money are we talking about? 175000 Yeah, there's a fight. There is a fight. And uh, the argument is going to be, was that a legitimate codicil to the will? And uh, the hand, you can, you can hand write as long as it's published again and you have the witnesses. And there's a bunch of really weird rules when it comes to uh, wills. Uh, for example, a handwritten will, holographic will in California is perfectly legitimate, uh, but you have to have it signed. You have to have it dated, and it doesn't matter what the date is. You can put 44 B.C. when Julius Caesar was assassinated, and um, it has to lay out uh, fairly, fairly specifically what you uh, – uh, what uh, – how the property is going to be distributed. And as far as the trust is concerned, you can you can – Redo the trust anytime you want, and out they go. So, uh, when did your parents die? 2013. All right. Yeah, the the adjustment was done in a, a 2011. Yeah, I think. Well, has a lawsuit been filed? Uh, not at this time, because what happened is that there was uh, monies that were prior to my father and mother passing. There was a lawsuit for a medical company, and oh, that just that just paid off. Got it. And uh, my brother, who's come out of the woodwork, thinks that he's owed this. All right. So here here's what you get to do. If he hasn't filed a lawsuit yet, who's the trustee? I'm the trustee. All right. Uh, you've got you, you have to see a trust and estate attorney. Yes. And they're all out there. And what I think is going to happen is, number one, when he asks for legal advice, the first thing he's going to say is handle doesn't know what he's talking about, which happens all the time. <laughs> and uh, second, I think what might happen is something called an interpleader, where you have to effectively file a lawsuit, throw the money in the court with the court, and then everybody argues and a judge will make the decision. But you need, you need, a, you need a lawyer on this one because it's just, just a mess. Quick question. Well, last one. Sorry about it. Does the, does the will take precedence over the trust? They're, the two, trust? they're different. They're two different things. Whatever's in the trust, uh, the will has no effect because it's a trust. And whatever is not in the trust, property, checking accounts, then the will controls. They're two separate things. Okay. It's like two different cars. Okay? Okay, thank you, Bill. That was pretty good, and I'm impressed with myself. Okay, uh, who's up next? Damn, I sounded good, didn't I? Yes. Yes, I went into a school district. What's your name? My name is Claire Ann. Yeah, Claire Ann, okay. And the school district uh, is one that I've worked for for many years, and they never dismissed me. I was never fired. I never resigned. There was no abandonment of the job. In the meantime, I have worked at another school district, but I went in the first time to ask them for my background information, and they said nothing. I went back weeks later, and they told me something else. And now what I'm wondering is how do I – you said on a program that I talked to you with that I need to go to my union representative. Yeah. How do I discover my union representative if the legal department is not even giving me well, any information? So it, it's different. Uh, the legal department of the school district is not the legal department of, this, of your union. 
Okay, so do you know the number of your union? Oh, yes. Okay, so how about this? You go on a Google search and you put union number school district and something's going to pop up. You'll be fine. It, it has popped up. Now, okay, and now what? Okay, well, in the meantime, the second time I was there, a young man came to the counter, and I think he was some type of a paralegal or an attorney there on their floor, and he said that they would fax me the information okay, I was asking Okay, hang, hang on a minute. A, a lawyer or paralegal at the union office? No, at the school district. Okay, just go to your union rep. Have your union rep handle it. Well, he reneged on his statement. He said they're going to fax me the information no, 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 and call that, me. Okay, that, what do you want me to do? I mean, seriously, what okay, kind of do question? do I wait for their phone call? I would call. I would keep on calling. Okay. Just keep on calling, just over and over and over again until you Uh become such a pain in the ass they have to deal with you. All right. Just like you are now. And not even take an attorney in with me. You don't need an attorney. Okay. So that's like a last resort is taking an attorney. Yeah, you don't need an attorney. You don't want to do that. You You got it. All right. Uh, And then we'll get to uh, where's the other gentleman? You'll be first up uh, when we do it again uh, because these people wouldn't shut up. And they all take 30 second questions and make them into five minutes. All right. No, we'll just do it. And uh, we'll just hang on a minute. We'll see. I'm going to ask my executive producer here permission to do something. Okay. This is uh, KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. No, uh, no, no, no. Don't stop it. You know, uh, you know how much I hate applause because it's totally contrived. It's Mike, uh, the producer, executive sort of honcho here, putting his hands up in the air. Yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah, that's real applause for those of you who are listening, okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They just think they're going to win prizes with this, and they're crazy. All right. Uh, we're live at the Bowers Museum, uh, Law Day 2017. Who the hell's that? I, don't know, I can't see you, and I probably don't know you anyway, so... Uh, What's the difference? Okay. Bowers Museum Live. Uh, it's Law Day. Uh, over 100 lawyers are here. Uh, free legal advice in every area of the law. And the Bowers is on North Main Street in Santa Ana, just about half a mile south or east or west uh, or uh, north of uh, the freeway, the 5. And it's uh, the Main Street exit off the 5 freeway. All right. Phone numbers, 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. Thank you to our sponsors who uh, make this happen so you get free legal advice. Cunning Dental. Sweet James Bergener is here, the museum here. Outdoor Elegance. Their furniture is outside. It's beautiful furniture. Giant RV. And for the first time ever, the Center for Surrogate Parenting. My organization is here. We have some surrogates. And if you're at all interested in surrogacy, come on down and talk to our folks. Okay, I think I did it all. Now, let me do the story. Great story I want to share with you. Out of Arizona, there is a lawsuit uh, that has been filed against the National Park System because a uh, organization uh, that is a creationist organization wants to collect rocks to prove that the world is 6,000-something years old and uh, after the Great Flood is when everything happened. And uh, the park system is saying, uh, go pound sand or go pound rocks. It's not going to happen. Now, the park system does allow 
some organizations to come in and research. They'll bring in anthropologists. They'll allow paleontologists. uh, But they normally don't allow religious organizations. And what uh, this creationist organization is, it's called... um, uh, it's, uh, what, what the hell is an organization? It's, uh, oh, I have it here somewhere. Anyway, uh, they're also, they also created, uh, the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter theme, uh, theme park. Bet you didn't know that, did you? You can actually go into this park. I mean, these people are out of their minds. And, uh, they claim that dinosaurs were around, and they actually, this is in Texas, they actually have a kid with a leash with a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex following him like a dog. And they're saying they don't deny there were dinosaurs. What they do is deny that uh, it, they're older than 6,000-something years old. These people are insane. Now, uh, the Grand Canyon, it's Answers in Genesis is the name of the organization. Now, the Grand Canyon, for some reason, is an obsession with the creationists. I mean, they're crazy uh, because... Um, where geologists see these billions of years of rock layers carved out by the flow of water, the creationists see all that as Noah's flood did all that. And so they're filing a lawsuit. They are filing a Good for them. I love creationists. Uh, When I used to uh, actually take phone calls other than legal advice way, way early on, and I would, uh, creationists would call me. And where do you go with that? I mean, where do you go when you're talking to someone that says the earth is 6,000 years old and that's the way it goes? Crazy stuff. All right. Uh, here we go. We're starting to take phone calls, starting with Susan. Susan, uh, thank you for joining us at Handle on the Law. Um, hi, Handle. You're awesome. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm a uh, adult performer and I'm a I'm sorry. You're, I, I'm sorry. You're, uh, hold on. I didn't connect. You're what? An adult performer. An adult performer, as in pornography. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I was hired by a production company to do um, a four-part day, um, two teasers, one solo, one boy-girl. And by the third uh, third uh, scene, I hyperventilated, and the director uh, accused me of being high. And I wasn't, um, uh, and they didn't pay me. So they didn't um, pay you. So effectively, they stiffed you. And they released the film, yes. All right, so uh, the director, producer, accuses you of being high. You did three scene, a boy-girl scene, and what were the first no. two? Uh, t- uh, two teasers, uh, a solo, and a boy-girl. Okay, uh, I didn't get the first one. I got the boy-girl, and I got a solo. Uh, what was the two first teasers. one? teasers. It was teasers. It's like a teaser. Teaser, okay. Well, you know, having never actually participated, although I've studied it very, very closely over the years. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, back we go. You were not paid after, what, half a day? And how much money, because uh, I know that uh, porno people get paid per scene and what they do. So uh, you did three different uh, segments and were three not paid. Four. Three or four. Okay, what was three the... Three out of four. Three out of four. And then, yeah. uh, boom, threw you off and said you were high. How much money are you owed? Um, probably about 1100 or so. $1,100. Okay. Yeah. And uh, your question is? Um, when, I, when I started the day, they had me do the release forms and everything. 
But, of course, since they had the release form, they had whatever kind of footage, they ended up releasing the DVD. Okay, yeah, hold on a minute. First of all, the the release forms are only uh, using your likeness. Uh, It doesn't indicate, and it could indicate how much you're going to get paid. So uh, the release form is irrelevant here in terms of your lawsuit. It's a small claim suit. Is what it is. Now, theoretically, you can go to the Labor Board, uh, Department of Industrial Relations, and that's the wage enforcement folks, or you can just sue in small claims. And now, I don't know, have you ever been to small claims court? Yes, and you know how everybody is jabbering and not paying attention, and the clerks are reading the newspaper, and I guarantee you that court will be riveted to your case. You'll be able to drop a pin in that courtroom when you argue your case. Uh, so I think, <laughs> yeah. So I, so I think you have an eleven hundred dollar lawsuit for real, and uh, they may argue you first have to go to uh, make a, a labor board uh, complaint because that's usually what they do. But I don't think the porno company is going to uh, say, well, they first have to, she first has to go, and if you have to go, you go and make the complaint, and then you'll they'll issue an order and then you end up in court anyway but uh how old are you by the way this is uh you are no longer or this is just recently no longer no longer how long whoa there's an let's talk about the statute of limitations how when was the last time you in fact engaged in or when did this happen how many years ago um 2008 it's 11 years ago or nine so years ago. 2009, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, uh-uh. Statute of limitations gone. I'm, gl- I'm delighted you waited. Uh, you, you, unfortunately, let me get my gavel here. You have no case. However, let me give you my email address, and I want to make sure uh, that what he owes you is uh, valid. All right? Take okay. care. Thank you. Right. Oh, there you go. Susan, why do you wait? What's my, what's my favorite statute of limitations story? I think uh, something happened, and when this happened, 40 years ago. Uh, okay, yeah, that's going to work. All right, this is uh, Handle on the Law. Oh, phone numbers, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Now this is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640, Bill Handle here. And it is a uh, Saturday morning, and we're broadcasting live from the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. It's Law Day. Come on down. We're here till 2 o'clock, where uh, you can ask uh, one of or a dozen of 100 lawyers for free legal advice. Uh, and I think we're giving away prizes, and uh, it's I'm here until 11 o'clock broadcasting. And the people that made this uh, all possible, so you don't have to pay for legal advice, uh, Cunning Dental. And we thank uh, Dr. Cunning and the group. Sweet James Bergener. You can pull on his beard uh, in the main room. The Bowers Museum, which is this lovely venue. I mean, it's really neat. Outdoor Elegance. You can sit outside on the Outdoor Elegance Furniture. Giant RV. And uh, my organization, the Center for Surrogate Parenting, which we've never done before. And we have a booth out there where you can meet surrogates and talk to our staff if you're all interested in surrogacy, either as a potential surrogate, hopefully you're a woman, and as a couple. All right, 800-520-1-KFI, 800-520-1534. All right, Marianne, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, and thanks for taking my call. I spoke to you weeks ago 
Um, I found out my oral surgeon had put my implants in with no grafting around them. Oh, yeah, or, I remember that call. Yes, I yeah, remember that well, call. Remember yes. we talked about CIA? I do remember well, the CIA. I think it was next yeah, door, they and they were... Records. They stole yeah. the dental records from in between my bedroom mattresses. I live alone with my border collie. They stole them out of the garage in the yeah. waste bin. They stole them out of my closet. Okay, here's the worst part. It now appears, and I believe beyond any doubt I can prove it, that they're using the Microsoft tech in India to sabotage the BitLocker because I'm a stock trader, and I can't work from home now because they've sabotaged my computer. They came in uh, Tuesday the 20th, 24th. All right, what can you not do? Uh, They came into your house? Nobody's returning my call. Yeah, you wonder why? Um, yeah, like I know, and at first I was wondering how they were yeah. getting the phone numbers. Well, they're coming in my home, yeah. and I didn't know that my phone when okay, I came home. Okay, hang on, Marianne, the, hold on. The hackers are coming into your home, or the CIA yeah. is coming into your home? Well, I don't know if it's CIA, but I know it's the hackers are coming in my home. Okay, they're actually because... walking in the door of your house. Yes. So, but you have a border uh, border collie. How come the, the your dog He's doesn't with eat me, them? And I, I'm afraid what they would do to him to get him out of the way because they have sabotaged seven hundred dollars worth of Kapersky, Kapersky software. Okay. My computer. All right. So, Marianne, we, and I, I don't remember. I, I, I oh, I remember. Uh, I kept on asking you what you're going to ask me, and I hung up on you. So, I'm going to ask oh. the same question. What would? What is your question, my dear? Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. How, how do I get a hold of anybody if I can't get, if these people are coming to my home and accessing the phone numbers, I realize that they got my voice mail uh, at Spectrum, Time Warner, they got my code number off my phone. So that's how they accessed all the phone numbers. And um, I mean, they're hacking my um No, I got email. it. You got a mess. Uh, you got a mess on your hands. Uh, uh, I know, where, I need a criminal. To, I need. A I got it. I got person. it. And we And we have them here. And I've got half a dozen that would love to talk to you. Well, so I'm going to come down there. there you're I'm damn right you are. Uh, where are you located? We're in Santa I'm Ana. In the, oh, in you're orange, around the corner. Know, you're around I'm the corner. Down, it's afraid. No, no, no. We, we're not allowing the CIA in the door. Uh, no, so yeah, that's for starters. No, they're, no. They're st- I know they want to steal my car. I get, my don't car worry about it. I have. I, you know, we have security here. I will. If you the security payoff. To this, okay. To the I, kid who helped access the iPhone security question. Yeah, no, I get it. Marianne, you want to come down here. Uh, you want to come down here and look for uh, one of a dozen criminal attorneys. All right, Marianne, we'll see you later at the Bowers Museum. Which attorney do I hate the most? Okay. Uh, all right, Brent. Hey, Brent, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. I went in uh, May of uh, 14 to uh, a big dealership, multiple car, and uh, in Carlsbad, and it was after hours, and I bought a vehicle. Credit was a little shaky. They uh, set me up with a high uh, interest rate, which I didn't care because I was going to pay it off in about a year, year. Right. And I put a big amount down, went, and they financed it. Want me to name the bank? No, no, I don't care. It's a major bank, right? Yeah, it's been in the news. So that okay, and it, okay, and they and they did finance. In other words, they they issued the check to the dealership, and now you pay the bank uh, a yeah. monthly payment. Correct. Correct. Okay. But one payday, I'd go in. Every payday, I'd go in and pay. Uh, one first one was the the payment. Second one, I put eight hundred dollars down. 
sell and put it against the principal, and I go into a bank. Now, Wells Fargo Dealer Services only has two, and you can't go in them. And uh, so I go in the bank. They give me a receipt for $800, but they didn't tell me where they put it. I assume they put oh, it Oh, I see. The they, they, uh, yeah, and they, and they put it towards the interest, of course. Yeah, more Yeah, than I know. You've got to go into uh, the – you have to go into the bank where there's nobody and talk to the manager who doesn't exist – I've and uh, con- contact someone at the corporate office at Wells Fargo uh, who aren't even there. And uh, it's uh, – <laughs> uh, no, you want to cu- – there is a customer service uh, part of the bank. I mean, you have to clearly, uh, clearly go in there. Now, if you look at the documents, yeah. right, when you pay uh, – and it's – Whenever you make a car payment, for example, I have a lease payment, or whenever I make a mortgage payment, that's more likely, I get the uh, statement, and then uh-huh. it says, here's your payment, right? And right. is there an additional payment towards principal? It's right there. And if you put in the additional payment and you actually you actually check that off, then they have to put it towards your principal and not your interest. Well, and see, what they... Yeah. I'm sorry? See, I make the payment on one payday. No, I get it. That doesn't matter. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares about that. So uh, what they know is, do I take them to small claims? No, 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 no. You're not. No, no. You're not going to take. No, you're not going to take them to small claims court. What you're going to do is have them reverse all of it out, and uh, what they're going to they'll reverse it. They'll reverse it. You simply have to talk to the customer service. Uh, You know what? There's. You can look up. Uh, Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo, and I think there's a vice president of ripping people off. <laughs> there probably is. Yeah, I'm sure. Several, and then, several, yeah, but, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, so that's what you want to do. Thanks. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handle here. And uh, here until uh, 11 o'clock broadcasting, but until 2 o'clock. It's uh, Law Day 2017, where over 100 lawyers are here answering your legal questions. It's all free. And uh, yeah, we love doing this. Uh, that's until 2. It's at the Bowers Museum on uh, North Main Street in Santa Ana off the 5 Freeway Main Street exit. And uh, you've, you have a few hours, prizes throughout the day, and uh, there's stuff going on. As soon as we finish this show at 11, I'll be out there and screaming at people. And uh, a big thank you, incidentally, to... Our our sponsors who made all of this happen. Otherwise, we have to pay, you'd have to pay these uh, lawyers. Cunning Dental, Sweet James Bergener, and uh, the Bowers Museum, which is a phenomenal place. If you've never been to the Bowers, uh, you really want to come here. Uh, outdoor Elegance with the furniture outside. Elegance furniture, strangely enough. Giant RV. These are giant RVs. They're not real small. And then the Center for Surrogate Parenting, my organization is out there. And if you're all interested in surrogacy, we would uh, love to talk to you. I've got a couple of surrogate mothers and uh, the rest of our staff. Also, my partner, Hitler in a skirt, Karen, uh, will be here, is also here. Our phone number, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Okay, which one? Uh, okay, uh, Marilyn. Hi, Marilyn. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Uh, my question is regarding, uh, I, I write for a historical society magazine. All right, wait, a, a historical society magazine? Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, what, and, kind, of, what kind of history? Uh, for a certain specific home, my hometown, Okay. 
okay. Uh, you see, the lines aren't too good. Uh, it's about your hometown. What, yeah. your, what is your hometown? Uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Okay. At any rate, I don't get paid for it, and I'm an amateur writer. My question is, if I want to uh, submit these same articles that have been published in, the, in that magazine to a different magazine, am I legally able to do that? Uh, because they would pay for the uh, uh, article. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what, Marilyn. Um, you know whether there are any rules of publishing or not publishing. It's a historical magazine. And uh, you, yeah, they're not going to. What are they going to do? They're not going to nail you. And especially if uh, when you publish to the next magazine, are you talking about getting money? Well, they do publish if it's if it's a page or longer. They do. Uh, how much pay, do they pay? Uh, how much do they pay? Fees. I'm sorry. How much do they pay? It just says freelance writers fees. All right. What are and what is that? Depending on if it's if the article is a page or longer, they will pay that fee. How much? They don't say how much. They so you're gonna you're gonna submit and they don't even tell you how much money you get paid. No. I once do a hooker like that. <laughs> and uh, well, it's a reputable magazine. Oh, it's a reputable magazine. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I I do it. I would do it. I don't care. What are they gonna do? Sue you? Do is I that what they're going to do? From anybody? Uh, yeah, theoretically, because they've published, and it depends on whether they own it or not, and it depends on any agreement you have, or do you just send it in and they publish it? Yeah, and... I never find anything, so. Yeah, I think you're fine. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I would just do it. I don't think anybody cares, Marilyn, and you're probably a horrible writer anyway, so <laughs> uh, nobody cares. Okay, uh, Carol, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Carol. Hello. Um, yes, ma'am. I'm calling about uh, an employment situation, very unusual. I think I've had employment theft. Um, I've already taken it to Wait, the Wait, you board. had employment theft? Someone stole your job? No, I never worked for these people, but I applied oh. to work there. Okay. Um, it's a nursing home, and I applied to be a laundry person. I would have taken housekeeping. I've only ever been to the location three times, one to apply and, and be interviewed and given the job. The second time I did a, a WOTEC survey on the phone, which I had to have the employer ID number. And the third time was I was called in. All these are about a month apart. I was called in, and he said, I need you right away. I didn't know it was just to be a prop and wear a costume and, and look like I was a staff. But at the same day, I was very surprised. I sat in the lobby for five hours because I guess I didn't make the cutoff to get in there and get my costume on. The regional manager was visiting. It was the day before they were being reinspected at the nursing home. They failed their last inspection, which is apparently a regular thing twice a year. Yeah. And they get reinspected three months later. Well, the regional manager was the supervisor of this man who has the account. And the, this is a national company that they have a majority of all the nursing homes, and they do all their no, laundry. Nancy, Nancy, this, this, well, is not go, this is not gone with the wind, okay? It's running a little bit long. Okay. The point is, I've never worked for these people, but in six months, I got a letter from the EDDC, and someone was claiming unemployment on Okay, me. that's easy. That's identity theft, and you write, uh, you, you write to the organization that this is not you, this is identity theft. You, you sign an affidavit. Uh, they're probably going to send you an exemplar, which means they're going to ask for your signature two or three times, comparing it with the signature that was filed by whoever stole your identity, and you'll get that straightened out. You have to go to the, their fraud department, and it happens all the time. So that's that's the only way to handle it. There's no other way. You'll be fine, but you sort of have to unravel it. All right. EDD cares. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, they have. You just call them up, and you can look on the internet, and yeah, they'll they'll straighten out because there's so much fraud going on today. Uh, that it just doesn't stop. Okay, Randy, uh, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. 
Hello, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, many years ago, I had two cars at an automobile shop. Okay, that's this is a very bad start when you start with many years ago. Uh, well, it's not 40 years ago, at least. 40 years ago? No, no, oh, no. Okay. You it's may not... have just broken the record, Randy. No, no, I'm saying it's not 40 years ago. Oh, oh, sorry, misunderstood. Yes. How many years? I, I apologize. How I'll, many years ago? I'll say 10 plus. Okay, you're screwed. Uh, probably so. You're done. You're done, Randy. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye. You have no case. All right. Uh, let's move to uh, Barbara. Hi, Barbara. You're up. Hi, Handel. Um, I have a question. I have a judgment against somebody, but they are a contract employee. They get 1099. Is it possible to go after them with the judgment for 1099 uh, money? Uh, I, I don't quite understand. Uh, is it... Okay. They're a contract you, employee. For I somebody. understand. So uh, let me get this. They're a contract employee, which I don't think really matters. And you're holding on. You're paying them, correct? No, I have a judgment against them. Oh, you have a judgment against you or someone else? I'm totally confused no, here. I have a judgment. I have a. Judgment oh, you want to know if you somebody. can go after you? You want to know if you can go after them? Yes, they're ten ninety nine. Yeah, well, you're paying them. And uh, I think you can uh, go ahead and uh, their employer uh, or your employer. Uh, no, no, their no, employer. no, 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 no. This is a person that. Did All right. You know what? I'm too, I'm too. You know what? I'm too confused. Thanks for calling. I don't know what the hell's going on. All right. This is Handle on the Law. All right. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handle here. And uh, we finished the show. Uh, handle on the law at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, where it's Law Day 2017. A hundred lawyers sitting out there in uh, the main banquet room answering legal legal questions. It's all free. And if you want to come down, uh, please do. And uh, get free, good legal advice. The Bowers Museum is in Santa Ana on Main Street. And uh, a last thank you to uh, our sponsors who've made this possible. Cunning Dental. Uh, Sweet James Bergener, pull on his beard. Uh, the Bowers Museum, which is an extraordinary museum. Outdoor elegance, the furniture's outside, giant RV. And then my organization, the Center for Surrogate Parenting, where uh, if you're at all interested in surrogacy, we've never done uh, one of these booths in a public, uh, a public venue. Okay, uh, legal questions. We're going to finish up our legal questions uh, with um, questions from the audience. Hi. Hi. My name is Sharon. Yes. And I just have a question about a major medical university sending my medical records to the wrong person. Mm. Yeah, it's a HIPAA violation. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Uh, any, like, venereal diseases? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No, but so... they, they got labs. They got images. Yeah, they got I know. social. It's, it, it is a violation. There's some statutory stuff, but... You know, things happen. Uh, and did the wrong person then send it back? They claim. Well, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you can go after uh, the university, but at some point, you know, stuff happens. Uh, but there is a, uh, I mean, are there sanctions? Yeah. So you want to go to one of the medical malpractice people and uh, that here in the, uh, at the venue and uh, just ask, what do we do? It's not, it, the damages are not tremendous, but there are, but there are statutory provisions for a HIPAA violation. And, uh, and the HIPAA violation, I don't think there's a difference whether it is 
negligent or whether it was done purposefully. Mm-hmm. And, and there may or may not be. So I think the bottom line is I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Any other questions? Yes, as uh, Dan is running quickly. Okay, you know what? Yes. You hang on and you just give me the gl- just give me a sippy every once in a while. You want a straw? <laughs> okay, it's because I spilled my glass of Coke all over myself. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, I I went to court for ten thousand dollars for medical bills, and the judgment uh, it was awarded for thirty four hundred. Yeah, they do that. And um, is the lady driving the, that was driving the car? Is she the one that's gonna pay? Is gonna yes, pay? yes. It's against it's against her, uh-huh. but she can turn it over to an insurance company. But what I'm surprised is that you had to take her to court. Now, did she not have insurance? She was driving her boyfriend's car. So I'm assuming there was no insurance. Yes, it was Mercury insurance. Oh, it was, and they didn't settle the claim with you. They didn't negotiate with you. No, and I had two lawyers before. And they couldn't. Wow. Uh, they, well, then you go to court. I mean, sometimes the insurance company says we're not settling, uh, yes. which happens all the time. Then all you can do is go to court. Yes. And you've won your $3,400. She owes you $3,400. And then you, uh, if she doesn't pay you, you get the joys of trying to collect $3,400. Oh, what a show. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a while. It's uh, yeah, people. Yeah. yeah okay. you're, out, you're out of luck. Where are you from? I'm from Argentina. Oh, Argentina. Yes. All right. Yes. I've been there many times. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going home next week. Oh, are you? For, for, a, for a, a week to visit my mom. Oh, yeah. good for you. Thank you. Yeah, I love Argentina. You okay. know, the pampas and the gauchos yes. and, uh, <laughs> some of, and the best steak in the world. Yeah. Any other questions? Thank you very much. Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> yes. Hi, Bill Handel. Yes, yes sir. Okay. And of course, the name is Frank. And the uh, question I have is this. A while back, I was uh, driving my vehicle, and I had a woman in the car, and I was driving. And all of a sudden, she pops open a can of beer and starts drinking. Okay. And uh, just want to know, if the police had pulled me over and she's the one that's drinking had open container yeah. in the car, no, you're, would, you're, I, would, I, would I have been uh, yeah, arrested open, for that? Well, open container. Yep. And unless she admits that she had popped it open without your... Uh, without your permission or not knowing, uh, or you, she Both. agrees that you that you didn't know that it was doing it. She was doing it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can get uh, pop for open container, but I wouldn't worry about it. You know, no one cares. No okay. one cares. No one cares. <laughs> okay. So, so I wouldn't it, sweat it. it was without my uh, yeah, knowledge or so permission. Yeah, but police right. could have arrested me then. Well, right? theoretically. Okay. But, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, now, any other? Well, I think we uh, maybe have one one more. Uh, any other questions? Legal questions? Uh, yeah, we have to run over here. This is what happens when you're in an auditorium. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I want to know if you've ever heard of a TOD form called transfer of death uh, instead of a trust or a will. They now have a TOD form for the transfer of a house. I have never heard of a TOD form, a transfer of death. Is that when you die uh, and you transfer deed. your death to someone? <laughs> uh, I don't really transfer know. of deed, maybe. Well, yeah, there's a transfer of deed, and well, that's it's a, a, it's a new uh, legal form. That let me see it. Let me see it. Let me uh, quickly go over here. This is radio, so we have to do this quickly. If this was television or something else, uh, uh, simple revocable transfer on death deed. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it looks like it's a it's like a quit claim deed, and I've never seen one of these. And so, what's your question? Nobody could ever contest that, or no, no, it's a legitimate document. 
everything in the house too? Is he is this too like a book business in there and a book business belongs to someone else? I mean, it's uh, you get the house. Oh. This is the property. Whatever so other, the hell... other stuff could be contested, even though oh, this yeah. form you, exists. Well, is there a will or just the property? Just this. Uh, you get that transfer is the property, and that's it. Okay. Not the stuff inside. Not the book business. Yeah, you don't get the book business. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah, that's. I have not seen that. Okay, uh, Barbara. Hey, all right. My daughter, texting me. Yeah, I'm on the air, young lady. Okay. Uh, all right. Whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta be a little. Oh, I'll give you afterwards. We'll do this, okay? And I'll give you a picture and uh, all of that. All right. Cool. God, I'm surprised you didn't shoot him. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, Marjorie's security guy. All right, I think we're done. This is Law Day, and for those of you that are driving around out there uh, and you're near the Bowers, even if you're not near the Bowers Museum, over 100 lawyers here until 2 o'clock giving you free legal advice, which is not marginal. Anyway, uh, for those of you that are here, we'll be running around outside, and uh, Leah Laporte is up next. This is... uh, Handle on the law.